Wake up, gamers, because you're listening to Big Think Dimension, featuring Dan and Bob Video Games. Bob, Various Daylife is the best name of all of those names. They're all bad, though. Chris Wolfhard. I hate the purple M&M. And Dr. Agro. What slime is it? Here on Gigaboots. Hey, Bob. Hey. How's it going? All right. I don't have any lingering questions based on our intro quotes. <laughs> Good. They won't be answered. <laughs> Did you bring your toothbrush? Good. You won't. You won't be needing it. Anyways, we're here live with Big Think Dimension number two hundred five. The the one where we're Muppets. All of us. We're all Muppets. Every last one of us. Uh. We played some video games, though. Like the video game folklore that no one knows what it is. <laughs> and they still don't know even to this day. How Bo ironic. <laughs> hey, Bob. What's up? You know how heartbreaking it is to be like, I wish more people cared about folklore and maybe checked out folklore and maybe, oh no, in order to beat that game, you have to play all of it twice. Yeah. It's like a seventh gen Ghost and Goblins in that way, but kind of worse because Ghost and Goblins is not nine hours long. No, and the second playthrough isn't just bad. <laughs> um, Well, I had the NES version of Ghost and Goblins. Arguably, both playthroughs are bad. <laughs> yeah that studio who ported early capcom stuff to the nes they're criminals they're lucky i can't find them uh anyway um yeah folklore is really neat it's like if uh pokemon was an action rpg you play as a sexy otacon or i don't even know like there's no interesting way to describe the chick I, I, for some reason she looks like that that girl from the ps2 like what was that haunted something haunting grounds yeah haunting grounds she's like her but was it in her outfit i don't think i've seen this she <laughs> well you know every time i looked at her face i was like man this game is like a really super quality ps2 game <laughs> which makes sense because you know early ps3 but one moment haunting grounds because people were saying that during the um yeah people brought it up during the playthrough and i i, I was also thinking it there's just something about this the, the exact stylings oh yeah i kind of see it I kind of see it. Okay. This is a great photo. One moment. I'm going to have to show that. People will definitely want to see this on stream. I think one thing you don't absorb playing that game or even would suspect from the marketing of it ever. No, this is not actually folklore. This is haunted ground. <laughs> right. You don't have a dog in folklore. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but what's up, Bob? What about marketing? There's nothing about that game that make you think it's set in 2006. Mm, yeah yeah no it all looks like it's all what? taking place in like the 50s or or maybe oh, 30s that makes keith the biggest ass like the biggest douchebag in the world he's running around dressed like that like holding a cigarette in 2006 doesn't he have a cell phone in like the opening cinematic no uh no i don't think so but it, it, to be fair it is 2002 
that oh, one completely okay. different. All Bob. right, I'm sorry. T uh, culture moves so fast in that amount of time. But yeah, no, he gets a call on his rotary phone at the beginning of this game. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> no, this is great. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, it's like Pokemon as an action RPG. It's really cool visually, very interesting, and I enjoyed the murder mystery story. It's just so regrettable that they make you play through all of it twice in order to get an ending. Mm -hmm. So it took us about 20 and a half hours, even though there's about 10 hours of game. Wait, wait, wait. They didn't like each have an ending? You had no. to... No, at some point it just stops you, and it's like, Ellen has to catch up. Oh, that is counter to how they advertised that game. That yes. is the worst. Yeah, yeah it, it was terrible. Is. Because here's the thing. You would think that you need to catch up to have added depth to the story. And there is some, but it's barely there. It's barely anything at all. So Yeah, because both of them get the most important sequences. Yo, like, yeah, yeah. Both of them are fully informed on all events. Mm -hmm. You just get extra uh, context of like, oh, um, Ellen is having these specific dialogues uh, with the fairies and stuff as she travels into the fairy realm. You know, stuff like that. It's not like you're learning anything new necessarily. No. And honestly, because we played Keats first, it really felt like I expected there to be more development and more substance to her inevitable betrayal uh, by the fairy realm. Yeah, instead that they, they figure out that they're going to be betrayed in chapter two. Yes. And then it doesn't come up and get they get until they get betrayed in chapter six. Right, right. It doesn't <laughs> develop over the course of the next six and a half hours. Right. Uh, but I think the gameplay of Folklore is really great. I love the visuals. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. There are good songs in it when you're not in combat. <laughs> For some reason, the combat <laughs> songs are the worst in the in the game. It's just like, okay, welcome to Warcadia, the war realm, which was invented by humans. Welcome to... God, they, they, had, they had some weird dimensions. That was not what I was expecting. Oh, yeah, and then there's the outro theme by TM Revolution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what the... That cut it, like, halfway through the credits, too. So it was yeah. like, what is happening? Why did you bury this? How did you have the rights for this in the United States, but you didn't put it any... Oh, well. Anyways, Folklore's a really neat game. It's unfortunate that they make you eat the whole thing twice. Mm -hmm. Bob had to deal with the underwater boss twice. Yeah, that, what a nightmare of a boss. And then uh, Ellen... Uh -huh. Like, all her summons work worse than Keats. Like, they're the exact same monsters, but she uses them in a way that makes them not work as well. Yeah, because when Keats uses a soul he can, he captures, he uses it as an attack, like a notion of a movement of his own body. When she does it, she summons some asshole to appear and then do a thing, hopefully. Right, and it always takes them too long to do that thing. Right, Ellen's are slower, but I, as I understood it from years ago, the trade-off was that since she summoned the thing... Uh, it was basically a wall of defense in front of whatever was coming at her. Yeah, that is a thing. Um, it can take hits, and then you won't take those hits, but the trade-off is... Not worth it? No. Yeah, then you don't get the attack out, because taking that hit stops us from attacking. Oh, fuck that. And, yeah. And most of them, if not all of them, you can only summon one of that enemy at a time, one of that soul at a time, so... It's not like you can stack it up and let one take the hit for you while the other gets it done. Um, 
Yeah, it's a really cool game, though, and I wish more people were aware of it. Um, it is, in fact, from this exact era. Here's why this is historically important. One second, I just noticed there's a fucking skeleton next to me. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to not look at that. Anyway, uh, here's why it's historically important. One year after the PS3 comes out, there is... A, 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 it, it, it becomes time, right? Everyone goes, okay, Sony, sell us. Tell us this console is worth it. And so you get the games like Uncharted, Lair, Folklore... Heavenly Sword, and uh, I remember this era had a lot of Sony games, right? Mm -hmm. Like, all at the end of 2007, exactly one year after launch. And I knew a guy at the time, and I was like, out of all of those games, you bought Ratchet & Clank, Tools of Destruction. This was not aggro, just to be clear. And then, and then I finally played all of them, and I'm like, that guy won. <laughs> that was easily the best game out of the set. <laughs> it's not even close. And Chard 1 is okay. Right. And See I feel how like you're saying I feel that? like Ratchet, the Tools of Destruction was also just okay. Un Uncharted 1 is an investment. <laughs> uh, did, is it on the blockchain? How is <laughs> you play Uncharted 1, you are set up for amazing experiences on down the line. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just looking back, I'm like, man. That was rough. <laughs> Heavenly Sword isn't even that long, and most of it is a few combat rooms that last forever. I think, I think, didn't one of the bosses in our playthrough take 20 to 30 minutes? I don't know. And remember. it's just like, can you end? Can there, you end, please? There's definitely that Snake Lady boss that takes way too long. Yeah, that might it was 20 minutes. It was nuts. Towards the end of that, it really was just a lot of padding of, okay, I get it. We did a combat. Please evolve what I'm doing meaningfully ever you know that that was pretty bad but then mm -hmm. i think about what was year two of xbox series <laughs> and i'm like well maybe it wasn't that bad yeah one moment <laughs> what even came out last year from xbox nothing you could play grounded <laughs> you could already play grounded but now it's out the capital no o. i'm sorry <laughs> that's why you shouldn't have allowed early access onto consoles you don't get the credit now <laughs> We're revoking that. But yeah, the funny thing is, as you bring that up, Bob, mm -hmm. I was thinking about exactly that the other day and getting annoyed. I was thinking about how the situation on the series consoles is so much worse than the PS3 was. And yet, because there's better third-party support and the games run correctly, mm -hmm. that's, you know, you have, you have stuff to play. You just don't have any reason to get that box. Right. That's the difference. That's the series difference. Oh, we forgot Pentiment. You could play that. It doesn't really look my thing from a number of angles, but that's a game is the problem here. It there definitely looks like a next-gen game like all those did on the PS3, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's your next-gen experience. No, like, I think Pentiment's the only game from Microsoft that shipped last year. I mean, probably. Jesus Christ. It at least, like, the, three si the 360 at least had stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the 360 was in a better position than the PS3 uh, early on. For, yeah, you know, for, in, until, like, 20. Like, in, I, I guess when Uncharted 2 came out is kind of when that uh, 
Yeah, because you know you get your little big planet one, your little big planet two, you get your Uncharted two, and, and some other stuff. And honestly, the, one of the things I look back at the uh, PS3 and think about is like it was cool that Sony was doing a bunch of interesting projects back then. Like everyone made fun of that. Like like the PS3 has no games, and isn't it weird that they have their own blockbuster lineup? But I'm like, no, that that was good, and there was a lot of variety. Uh, modern Sony's really lacking that. Like, I wish we had more variety and things going on right now, but I don't know. Not not that, you know, Sucker Punch's next game isn't going to whip total ass and Spider-Man 2 isn't going to be one of the best games ever. But it would be cool to see more variety in these things. Agro, back me up. We need another Mod Nation Racers. <laughs> we need another Mod Nation Racers more than fucking some... <laughs> thing i can't think of because of how <laughs> goddamn much i want another mod nation racist <laughs> it'd yeah. be cool seeing a shot of that game on a gen where it could run yup yeah it, it'd be really yeah. nice if if sony could make games that aren't all big open world Things. Yeah, because and they're very good at that. Like they make some of the most amazing experiences at that end. But you know, maybe, maybe don't make only that. <laughs> like there's the sad dad narrative, and I think that's dumb and kind of brain dead because it's like, yeah, Marvel Spider Man, the sad dad simulator. But like, <laughs> they are definitely making the your games must have the best looking cutscenes in the fucking world and have a playtime somewhere around twenty hours. Like it feels like every game has to be. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm not gonna mull on this any longer. I liked folklore a lot until I really, really could not accept what it asked from me. <laughs> Bob, do you have anything you want to say about folklore? Yeah, the Keith playthrough was fun. Uh, everything for the next like ten hours after that was really bad. <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, something I need to note here, just about how the game operates. That you, I, I've never seen this in another game. I don't know if you have, Bob. Uh, as you travel these realms, you get picture books that show you the solutions to the boss so you have a lot of tools like imagine pokemon right uh -huh. you get to make your whole team but the boss will only die to these three souls so you have to build your team to specifically have the correct peg shapes to shove in the boss's <laughs> oh, holes oh i didn't i didn't know it was it was nothing else works i thought that was just weaknesses uh yeah in some cases not all of them. It could be like swap out this fire type for another fire type, but I don't think that works in all of them. And overall, I I kind uh, of find that I kind of find that disappointing because yeah. one of the coolest things about that game is there are so many different types of souls, and the way they work is pretty interesting and different. And and then, and then you get to the bosses that are like, no, did you solve the riddle as in collect the pages? And I'm like, what is this? An uncharted puzzle? <laughs> Yeah, it is really similar to an Uncharted puzzle. It's like, no, you just look at the book. Look at the book, asshole. <laughs> this came out before Uncharted, right? Or after? Uh, yeah, barely. It's like two months, three months. It, okay. it really is so just like the fourth quarter of that year. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, that that's all I want to say about folklore. Are we good to move on, Bob? Sure. Like... The only other thing I could say is, man, that mystery element's really cool. It's unfortunate they bungle it by the end. <laughs> Completely botch it. I can't believe they do that, says viewer of Case Closed. Yeah. <laughs> it, it must be so easy to write a really good conclusion to your murder mystery. Uh, 
Yeah, I was frustrated. Close has never ended and never will. <laughs> yeah, it's just each episode that gets a bad ending. <laughs> Not each, but a lot. Um, there are so many. There's so many two parters where you just go, dude. This was obvious in the first seven minutes. You cannot ask forty plus from me, <laughs> please. Uh, anyway, hey, hey, you know what else I played in the last week? What's that? Five hours of various day life in one sitting. So I guess I'm not returning that game on Steam because we're past that window. Right. <laughs> uh, this game is $30. It kind of chapped my ass when I saw that if I bundled it with um, triangle, triangle strategy. strategy. I always want to say project at the beginning and I have to stop myself. Mm. Uh, it was basically free at that point because of the percentage Ooh. of the discount. And I'm like, but I don't want triangle strategy. If only somebody who had bought Triangle Strategy had just bundled it and given me Various Day Life. Anyways, for people who don't know, Various Day Life is a small, low-budget thing. One of the best comparisons I saw as a, what is this game like, was made by someone on a Steam review who said it's kind of like one of those Princess Maker games. Um, it's a little different from that, though. You're uh, an immigrant to this colony, and you arrive and make friends. And they kind of become your RPG party. So you can go out and do quests. But more interestingly than that, you can do jobs in town that are their job and help them out at their various things. So you meet someone who's a server and you can go over and help them, you know, be a host and uh, another waiter at the at the at the bar and all this other stuff. And it's it's really interesting because these different tasks will level you up like battles in an rpg and the normal battles against monsters you do on quest do nothing that's not the oh. important part of this game you are supposed to grind uh trying to smile <laughs> this <laughs> like sounds depressing no it's good it's so good i love it um but yeah like what are the what are the quests you could get what are the job types because they just it's all contained under the work tab uh is service with a smile. Now, your ability to succeed tasks is based on not only your mood, but how much stamina you have. And they will calculate the success rate based on that. Which means there was a point in this game where it was like, do you want to try service with a smile? There is a 26% accident rate. You may hurt yourself. <laughs> you may outright fail trying to do service with a smile um that was hilarious i enjoyed that uh but yeah it, it levels up different stats too and it also gives you experience so we're talking like you go and do the server stuff that'll raise your charisma and other checks i think your your intelligence goes down if you do the waitress job though so then you need to go do cleric stuff for the church or whatever uh and you can uh help out on local farms and stuff fighting off bears and boars and other th creatures which will, of course will raise your uh strength and other things it's really cool it's very um you know much like i would describe harvestella as aerodynamic because it's so sleek right this is that even more so it's all menus driven basically except for running around town which i wish was menus driven <laughs> <laughs> because for people who haven't seen any footage of this game you run horizontally on a single plane through the town and then interact with the background elements or the edges of this, the line in order to move to different parts of the town. Um, so at a certain point, I would rather just select to go to the cafe than 
run down three really long streets. But it's uh, this is one of those games where it's doing the we put fancy graphics effects like depth of field and other stuff on these relatively low rent models. Uh, and it doesn't always work out. For example, uh, the, the, you know, I just mentioned the heavy depth of field. Well, this guy leans forward and his face goes out of focus because the depth of field is <laughs> that shallow. And it really does just feel like, please get out of my face, sir. Please, Bruno. <laughs> I'm asking you, calm down. But it's actually, it's really cool. I really did enjoy this game. I bought it on Steam specifically because I was like, there may be a chance I don't enjoy this at all. Um, or I think $30 is way too much. But no, it's it's been a great experience. There's a lot of neat stories with your teammates and stuff talking about, you know, being a year one colony uh, person and uh, how how they were orphaned and they found family through the church and all these other things. Uh, eventually, you meet one of the servites, as they call them, which is a member of the cloth, a member of the cloth who uh, does healing stuff. And I'm like, oh, uh, bye, Bruno. We're just going to replace you with the guy who can heal because I'm not sure if you know this. We go on five day journeys where we will die if we do not heal. Uh, but yeah, this game is really, really good. I, I super enjoyed it. Um, you may want to wait for a sale. Unlike Harvestella, I feel like the is this price the correct price problem is not nearly as bad here because it's 30, whereas Harvestella is 60. Mm. And I could get a lot more people to play Harvestella if it wasn't 60. Speaking of which, uh, I think it's Humble Bundle has it on sale right now for like 45. 42 if you're a part of uh, which i didn't know was a thing bob did you know humble bundle had like their own playstation plus slash uh game pass thing yeah yeah so it's less if you're on that yeah I'm, i signed up for that at some point because they're like we'll give you this game for free and then you'll forget about the service to keep paying us right and i'm like no yeah that's <laughs> what happened to me <laughs> that that's good that you you both remembered anyways i just canceled hbo max finally <laughs> Anyone want to guess when I signed up? Because I don't know. What? You don't want to watch uh, The Last of Us? Uh, no. Um, I don't, actually. I have very little time because we're cramming for stuff, you know, for Game of the Year and other things. But also, you know, life is precious. I played the game. Why would I need to watch the show? <laughs> because it has one less person credited. <laughs> we're going to get to that news. <laughs> Uh, but I'm done talking about various day life. I enjoyed my time. I I, <laughs> I, want, I like sitting across the room as you kept working yourself to death. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I'm really glad I'm not streaming this because people would put my ass on blast for doing what I do in real life in the game as I literally take 40 jobs on in a row and pass out. <laughs> I did this pathologically. I just kept doing it. And I'm just like, uh, I thought I thought it would be fine. <laughs> It's to the point where it's like, go do service with a smile. And then I fail it. And I'm like, oh, that's bad. And then I pass out. <laughs> like, oh, this is really bad. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Luckily, they let you save from anywhere in the game and load pretty fast, at least on PC. I don't know how the Switch version is. I, I played the uh, PC version. Uh, the... They have uh, frame cap options. It defaults to 30. So when you boot it, it's 30 frames per second. looks very juddery. I'm like, why, why would you default to... All right. I change it to 60. 
But then I'm like, well, this is a 144 hertz monitor. I want to see it at the higher refresh rate. It doesn't have a higher option than 60. So instead of turning VSync on, because I didn't notice that option, I tend it to uncap. It starts rendering because I'm on the 4090, 800 frames a second, and I start hearing <laughs> yeah. coil whine coming from the PC next to me as the room gets hot as fucking hell. <laughs> it's just like, and I'm like, I need to find a solution. <laughs> this is not a good one. This is a bad one. Uh, I eventually found the VSync option and turned it on. So it finally, they, 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 <laughs> Bob, I. I don't remember if I told you turning VSync on lowered my my power drop by 270 watts. Good lord, that's Jesus. not surprising. <laughs> I'm like, isn't that how much a whole PS5 draws? <laughs> <laughs> to run various daylight. Yeah, uncapped instead of capped. Because that wasn't like my whole system. That was just GPU power draw. Oh, man. Oof. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to try to see if that game works on the, the Steam Deck so that way Tosh can play it. This is a decision I've made. I, I want to get another perspective on the Steam Deck. Okay. And Tosh, you know, I think Tosh's perspective will be interesting as not a tech bro. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm basically interested in anyone's opinion on the Steam Deck that isn't a tech bro and has never used Linux. <laughs> you know, you know, normal people. I would love to hear normal people talk about their experience using the Steam Deck. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that to her. Hopefully, it works. We'll see. Uh, anyways, I'm done talking about Various Day Life, a really enjoyable game that I'm absolutely streaming and somehow gonna trick Retro Island Gaming into playing. Uh, hey Bob. Hey, what's up? Uh, what have you been playing? I played a few things. Um, Do you want to talk about the one you and Chris played first? Uh, sure. Okay, give me the full title because I'm trying. Vengeful Guardian, Moonrider. I was, I was, I typed Moonrider Guardian Vengeful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Vengeful Guardian colon Moonrider, if I remember correctly. There might be a colon in there, but okay. the, the logo it doesn't have a colon. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm gonna remove the colon. Anyways, uh. We got codes for this from the dev. I actually don't know who the publisher is. Anyways, so I haven't played it because I've been cramming for game of the year. But Bob played it. And uh, Chris, did you get a code? How did you? I just bought it. Okay. So anyways, there you go. There's your full disclosure up front. Bob is biased for the game because he got a code. How's the game, Bob? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great or anything. <laughs> It, it it really does have that energy of like, I I guess everything in this game works. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know the pedigree this is coming from, which is I feel like the perspective of most people on this, this is made by the people who made Blazing Chrome, Odalis, and Oniken. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Blazing Chrome and a really big fan of Oniken, or sorry, Odalis. And Oniken was like one of their earliest projects. Oniken um, was their earliest one, I think. And I beat yeah. Oniken. I beat Oniken in Odalis, and I played a lot, some of Blazing Chrome and liked it, but I don't think I beat The crazy thing is we actually covered Oniken, even though it was completely unknown, when it came out originally on super early Gigaboots. Yeah, I uh, remember doing that. Yeah, I was like, look at this game I found, Bob. It's, <laughs> it's cheap content. We can, we can make a video. Because <laughs> we had no money. Uh, but yeah, anyways. So how's that, how's that treating you guys? All the pieces work, I hear. <laughs> you can, in fact, play the game. I I really did this game a disservice because I kept comparing it to Hagane. 
Oh my god. That's rough. Because Hagane is like a game where you have all these really cool movement options and you're a badass ninja and uh and in in this game it feels kind of like your bones don't work. Yeah, cuz all you have is like a run and a jump. And you can do wall jump. But you don't and, and have like run, a dash or anything. Yeah, you don't have a dash, you don't have an air dash. And the run is kind of bad because it turns your attack into like a jumping forward attack. So if you're dashing and you want to attack somebody, well, you're also going a big, like a clip further than you might want to. And I definitely went off ledges because of that. Yeah, luckily going off a ledge doesn't instantly kill you. It just takes some health. And they actually want you to do mostly that running attack because it seems to do like twice as much it, damage. It or does so. way more damage. Yeah. It kind of made me think of Shinobi 3 if you didn't have Shuriken, which okay. isn't a great feel. <laughs> yeah, it, it does have that feeling. See, it reminded me, it, it reminds me a lot of Onikin, except maybe not as good. Um, but it has a lot of the same problems of it's like, we're, we're making a game that is very obviously in terms of like the way enemies work and where they are. Is very similar to Ninja Gaiden on the NES, but I feel like I brought this up when we talked about Oniken. The appeal of Ninja Gaiden is you jump and you swing your sword at just the right time to kill the enemy so you can land on the platform. Mm -hmm. Enemies don't die in one hit in this game. None of them. No enemy. Yeah, unless you do unless that running attack. Unless you're doing the running attack. Hmm. And it has combat rooms. Mm hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I, just, <laughs> I love that that's the toe that always gets brought up on this. On combat this rooms are bad. They're unforgivable. Like, and, and for, for the audience, there's a difference between a mini boss and fight six enemy, normal enemies in this room. Right. And the combat rooms are fine in games like, say, Devil May Cry, but not so much in a 2D platform action game like this. Yeah, I where mean, you have no moves. Yeah. I, I think there's a... Right. It's about, like, you can have a combat room if your combat is really, really developed and polished, and that is the goal of the game, right? Like, Devil May Cry is an action game. The combat system's super polished, of course. A combat room in that is all right. Mm -hmm. But there's, like, a level of frequency, too, that you shouldn't exceed. And that's where I think it goes wrong a lot of the time, where it's just like, we couldn't afford to make the game, so there's a ton of combat rooms. Yeah, this feels like not as bad as I've seen it sometimes, because sometimes instead of combat rooms, you do get mini bosses. Mm. Like, it's, it's just every other level is a combat room, though. <laughs> mm. This is actually structured like a Mega Man game. Which I don't think yes. we talked about yet. Which is surprising. You even, get, you even get powers from the bosses. Yeah, and then within each level, there are hidden powers to get to. So it was like instead of armor upgrades, you find, say, a thing that gets you a detective vision, so you're able to find secrets more easily, or something that makes your uh, attack range longer. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was like, this is neat. Yeah, that's neat. But you can you can equip two of them at once, so it's always a a like juggling between which powers you want. Mm hmm. And there's even cosmetic ones that feel like they shouldn't be in the same segment of like, oh, yeah, you can make your character a different color. I'm like, well, that uses up a whole slot, though. Oh, OK. <laughs> Man. You know, 
we see it a lot in obviously this is not Mega Man like in its gameplay. It's more Mega Man like in its stage select and structure and power ups, right? Right. But we see it a lot in things like Mighty Number no. Nine, where it's like we made a Mega Man like game and there's a combat room. And yet, thinking back to the original six, mm-hmm. outside of elevators that aren't even that long, I can't really think of combat rooms. Yeah. Right. Ever. Yeah, you had many bosses and, and elevators. And this game does do elevators too. <laughs> Speaking of mini bosses, that's the coolest part of Mega Man 6. But this segment isn't about Mega Man 6. Uh, how's the music in this, guys? It's okay. I didn't like I don't I didn't okay. commit any track to memory. It's it seemed fine. Everything in this game seems to hit at fine. Mm-hmm. The first power-up I got um, from, like, beating a boss was from the Water Ninja. Because each of them is, like, a robot ninja. It lets me just show Water Shuriken, and it seems like that does almost as much damage, if not more, than regular hits. So it feels like that became my go-to for any boss. And I don't know if there is anything like Mega Man where it's like, well, this weapon will obviously do more for this, this boss. It might literally just be like, oh, you know, you found the one that you should just always use. Because, like I said, this is only melee normally, but since I have this power, I can now shoot these bullets that don't home, but shoot directly at the enemy, like anywhere on screen. They'll shoot in all eight directions. Uh, And it feels like it's maybe a little overpowered. (laughs) Okay. Look, some moves are just metal blade, okay? I guess. You, you got to deal with it. Uh, there are also levels kind of like um, the right armor levels from Mega Man where it's a totally different type of gameplay. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a level that has like a Battletoads-esque speeder bike segment before you uh, before you get to like the actual level. Okay. I, I enjoy those. I know those are controversial. How do you two fall on it's- the ones in this at least? The one I did, which is which was for the uh, like the city level, and you so you do it, and then you do like platforming across cars on a highway. Um, it was fine, like it 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 didn't have anything especially cool in it. Like it wasn't a set piece. It was just okay. Go left and right and shoot guys in front of you. It's over. Yeah, I I think it it just kind of lands and it's okay, and maybe it goes a little bit too long. But it's not like the right armor segments where it's from the side perspective. It's more like the one in X8 where it's from the back perspective and you shoot what? it. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? So okay, I, all right. Yeah. That's it, weird. It's not like insanely long like the X8 one, though. So I, I liked it. Um, it definitely is better than having something where you just die instantly like the ones in X4 and X5. Is that? Whichever ones had it, because it it's in a f- quite a few. Of them. I mean, you run into a wall and die instantly. That's that is a thing in all of them that have that style. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. You should just get good. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that people were pointing out Mega Man Five is where the fucking right order segments came from, and that they started getting angry. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Wait, did it have anything like that? Where it was yeah, it's Wave Man. Well, it's not instant death, but it is the first right armor in a Mega Man game. It okay. is the first. For some reason, I thought it was scrolling. No, no, it's Wave Man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Six is too busy with Native American man and Yamato man mm. to have Wave man. Right. And Centaur man. We have all the ethnicities covered. <laughs> uh yeah anyway is it go ahead i'll probably keep playing it like i i think i'll finish it because i think the art in seven it's really cool because mm -hmm. you know i i like kakaider and it's obviously just straight up kakaider <laughs> what <laughs> motherfuckers have been talking about toe Did you have anything else to say about Chris? No, it's just like, yeah, this this sure feels like it isn't exceptional in any way. Yeah. What platform did you get it on, Chris? I bought it on PS5, which I regret because if I had bought it on Steam, I probably would have returned it. Uh, and Bob, you played it on PS5 as well. Yeah. Okay, so if there are any River City Girls tier problems, which I would like to know after we recorded that uh, ship too soon segment i finally saw river city girls on ps5 with my own eyes oh my god yeah it's completely unacceptable and not playable i don't right even now. know if that's the camera running at a lower frame rate. it looks like the whole game's running at 20 it does look like that i don't know that's it, bizarre but th some some elements don't and it's weird yeah that's truly truly bizarre i don't know what's up with that and it's still not fixed i don't know how it's taking this long to make the game playful yeah i don't know i don't know People are saying the PS4 version's fine. I'm very curious. Uh, PS4 version's fine on a PS4. Right. Uh, but we haven't looked into that. Mm -hmm. Anyways. We good to move on? Yeah. Chris? Yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, Bob. What else have you been playing? I also played Pokemon Arceus again. Trying to find a good place for it on my top 10 list. See, see where it's going to go. Okay. So I just went back to where I left off. And apparently I was working on catching the awful genie quartet therefore they're now now there are now four all oh, right <laughs> they added one i can't remember the name of the one they added but i'm so upset that they added one so i catch the first three and it's like there's a fourth one I'm like no oh, this has been the worst thing the whole game why did you do yeah. this because <laughs> uh, a lot of the things in the game are like pokemon you have to go and catch and they will attack you but these guys are really annoying because the way they attack you is spawning tornadoes on top of you oh, with no indicators. That's very cool. So it feels like just random if I'm able to dodge them. So, so hey, Bob. Hey, what's up? Uh, as people may or may not recall, um, I, I've complained before that uh, me and Tosh, Tosh and I hate Pikachu's uh, heart tail when it's a female Pikachu. Yeah. Because it's like these motherfuckers went, it's a girl. What should we do? Hearts. Mm -hmm. So anyway, here's here's the four genie lineup. Guess which one's the new one? Yeah, no, it's. <laughs> How's uh? How is it aside from this terrible genie quest, Bob? Uh, otherwise, it's still a lot of fun. I still really like going around those worlds and filling out checklists. Because even with like even for legendary things to fill out a checklist, but since you only can catch one, it's like yeah, go do this move so many times. That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, wasn't it like you need to use the moves in the two different modes a certain number of times even? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it'll be like, oh, yeah, do use agile mode or use. Uh, God, what's the other one called? I don't know. Strong I don't mode know. something. You're, you're supposed to be the one who knows this for the podcast. Right. <laughs> Strong style. I think it's called style. Yeah, that sounds right. 
So that, that that was fun to go back to. God, I hate that pink one so fucking. Much. Oh, me too. I want I want to put it in a blender. <laughs> they all just deserve prison. They're all the worst. I don't even like. I can't even be like the fourth one's worse than the others. They were all bad designs, and Look, they always were. I don't like them. I don't think they're amazing. But that fourth one is absolutely easily the worst one. It's not even close. God. They're like, well, the other one was a sausage fest. We need to add a girl. What should we do? <laughs> and then they're like, did, did someone hear a shotgun cock in a nearby closet? <laughs> and then I come out. Did, did, you say we need to add a girl, but they just added him from the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> oh, no, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up a reference image just so we can talk about it. A little bit, yeah. I mean... <laughs> It's got the vibes, but I feel like him has way better design and drip. <laughs> also, there's there's a character when your character looks fucking unhinged. Like, that actually adds a layer. This thing has, like, no layers to it, in my opinion. It's got a snake. Is that enough? No. That is not enough. <laughs> okay there you go feel free to write in the comment section who wore it best yeah. <laughs> anyway uh did you play anything else well, yeah i also went back to valkyrie elysium um tried the combat trials mode they added which is kind of crazy because like do 20 floors in a row if you die go back to the beginning cool <laughs> like, this is rough, guys. It's really easy to get super far in and then be like, okay, it's over. Restart. But it, they are fun in general. Like, uh, each floor will make you have a different set of weapons and spells and characters you can summon. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes they take away your ability to summon completely and, like, deal with it. Um, I wish it were divided out better and made into like a more complete mode instead of this one set of 20 challenges to do in a row. Um, like makes me think of old Ninja Gaiden challenges where it's like, yeah, you, we'd have a whole page of the things that would be combat rooms that you could select from and do a set of with a certain weapon set instead of this weird, just hodgepodge of a bunch of things in a row. And that would have been a lot better, but I, I liked the, the thought here. I just wish they did more. And the only other thing I played was Gran Turismo 7. Yes, it is 7. Yeah. I had to think about it for a second. Um, 6 is on the PS3. I know. That's why I'm like, it's 8, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I keep going back to it because I haven't I haven't really felt like playing it all year. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's not bad in any way. It's just, I think I need to be in a certain mood to play Gran Turismo. So I keep trying to just kind of force it and then... Sometimes I enjoy it, and other times, like, eh, it wants me to do two races with a pickup truck. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds incredible. <laughs> you you talking one of the off-roading ones, where it's just, like, incredibly uneven terrain, and it's off-road? Oh, uh, the off-road one is fine, but then they're, like, go to the NASCAR track, track and drive in the circles. I'm like, I'm falling asleep. <laughs> no, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's five laps. <laughs> Did 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 getting introduced to the CEO of whatever company not do it for you? Sorry, it was CCO, the chief, the chief creative officer of what was it, Mazda? I, I think or something? it was Nissan. <laughs> did that not do it for <laughs> he you? He just Bob? came into the restaurant and was like, "Hey, 
I'm going to tell you about this car. I'm like, that's cool. And then someone nearby was like, oh my God, aren't you the chief creative officer for Honda or whatever the fuck? I'm not totally paid to follow you around and do this periodically in public. <laughs> Did you have anything else you played or want to talk about? Um, we also watched the Jackie Chan movie Dragons Forever. Okay, let me just change this what we've been playing segment. Dragons... <laughs> Forever. Yeah, we had our own micro uh, Jackie Chanuary. Uh, for people who don't know, Dragons Forever is the uh, Jackie Chan movie with Yuen Bao and uh, Sammo Hung. It is directed by his Sammo Hung, yeah, uh, which I believe Sammo also directed, what was it, uh, Mr. Nice Guy? Yeah, he's a, he directs a ton of oh, yeah. the movies. Uh, but he's actually starring in this too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's the three of them on camera. This is the final time it's all three of them together. Gasp. Because apparently they were like a, a troop. Yeah, yeah, they kind of came from the same camp in a in a sense. Mm -hmm. I believe the other ones are like Meals on Wheels, which I don't remember being that good, but was neat. Uh, incorrect. Yeah, I feel like it was better than Dragons Forever because Dragons Forever is insane. I mean, in that era, those movies got kind of fucking weird. Meals this on Wheels is weird. What's yes. What's your gimmick, Dragons Forever? Oh, I'm a rom romantic comedy. And Jackie Chan works for mobsters as a lawyer. Wait a minute. Is that going to be addressed or anything? Only at the end when he realizes it gets in the way of getting his dick wet. <laughs> uh, there was a really, there was a funny energy to this one. I really like that Yuan Bao is literally insane in this movie. Yeah. No, that dude, <laughs> that dude is unhinged. It's very funny. Uh, it's to the point where like, he breaks into someone's house to just start rambling about how his mother and father got along nice. So why is he demented? <laughs> He's like, there's no division between the matriarchy and the patriarchy. So why am I like this? Normally schisms like this. And the Jackie's like, what are you doing? Get out. <laughs> I need you to leave my house right now. He <laughs> was really good. Uh, he is the highlight of the film, in my opinion. Yeah. Cause other than that, we have, um, Two romantic comedies happening. <laughs> Two terrible <laughs> romantic comedies that just keep repeating the. What if Jackie asks this lady out to a nice dinner and a bunch of monsters attack? Well, I guess he beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> then the dinner would be ruined and he would look like an asshole when he has to cancel the dinner and leave because they're not safe. Wait, did but he not beat them up in front of her? No, she's always just com comically out of the picture. Like, for Aww. example, they go to a yacht and she has to use the restroom. And that's when the mobsters attack and they destroy the entire yacht while she's in there. Which she God may want to see a doctor. <laughs> that was a very long time to be in the bathroom. <laughs> and clearly a very committed engagement. If she couldn't leave over the sound of every window shattering. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, that, that happens like three, maybe four times in the movie. Sammo Hung doesn't have nearly the same energy to his romantic comedy arc. Uh, he's just like, I'm going to get this megaphone and yell at you to go on a date with me. That's it. Anyways, I'm done. Talking. Hey, Bob, did you have other things you wanted to say? No, not really. Okay. I think that it's Dragon's Forever is a lot of fun, but it, it's definitely... Uh, <laughs> Not a smooth ride. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and put that in the bottom half of Jackie Chan movies we've watched. I I, I don't want to get any more specific than that though. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know there's a lot there's a lot of negotiating. 
There's a lot of very specific conversations you have to have down there. Uh, <laughs> about how do you feel about ancient Chinese history and legends uh, and things like that. Uh, Agro, you know, I actually don't have your Jackie Chan opinion on this. And uh, seeing as how it's Jackie Chanuary. My, my Jackie Chan opinion? Yeah, your Jackie Chan opinion. This is, this is the one opinion you get to have about Jackie Chan. Understood. Lay it on me. Uh, which of the two drunken movies do you like more, Legend of or the original? Oh, that's that's not fucking fair, <laughs> my dude. Those, those, those are the best of two different eras and therefore genres of kung fu movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy, is it? <laughs> that is brutal. <sighs> Maybe someday we'll be able to explore that further, but I guess we should probably move on from Dragons Forever. I played Hyper Demon for 10 minutes and figured out it wasn't for me. Oh, I also did that but a week ago and forgot to mention it. Are, are you saying that <laughs> That's Hyper also Demon what is I whack? did two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm saying Hyper Demon might be whack, but I don't know if I'm a whack authority. I might not be entitled to say such bold claims. Uh, I also played five hours of Vampire Survivors. That game is stolen as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> They're like Alucard, Hugh Shift, this is Arca. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't care. It's amazing. It is bold. Like, I knew all the box art and stuff was invoking it, and I've seen a lot of the enemies in it, but I hadn't seen, like, this is just the Bone Tower, but purple-er. Did you find the red skeletons? I think I did. I found the uh, playable character that is the skeleton transformed from one of the games. Mm. Circle of the Moon, I think. Did you find the playable character who's Bayonetta? No. <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, I seem to find rather quickly the solution to the game. And so as the challenge kind of dripped out, um, I, I kind of I got a little bit less interested in playing it. And since we're cramming for game of the year, I just stopped after five hours. Which really, realistically, it was really four hours and the game was up in the background for the last one. Uh, it's neat. It is neat. I also played, and this is the last thing I'm going to talk about, Ninja Jaja Maru The Great Yokai Battle, a game that Dr. Orochi streamed over on twitch.tv slash Dr. Orochi. D-R Orochi. Um, no one here knows what Ninja Jaja Maru is, do they? I, I'm aware of him. I, uh, I so. vaguely know? Uh... Ninja Jojo Maru, The Great Yokai Battle is like, last year they made a budget Ninja Jojo Maru game and released it on Steam. It's just cute, Dan, really you're, small. Dan, you're forgetting part of the title. Oh? Forgetting part of the oh, title. Oh, that's it's, true. It's really it, tiny. It's, <laughs> it's Ninja Jojo Maru, The Great Yokai Battle plus hell. Plus hell. <laughs> what great value. I thought I was just getting that first part, but you're telling me I get hell too? Uh, yeah, no, it's it's a really cute game, really neat game. Uh, super simplistic. It's it's got all the energy of the single screen action of the much older ones, uh, where you know it's a just super simple arcadey uh, platform action game where you jump and shoot your ninja stars or whatever at the foe and you clear a level and move on. Um, there are a ton of playable characters, which I suppose is the gimmick here. Uh, something like twenty. Uh, so you can be different colors of ninja or you could be a penguin Ooh. or a crow 
or any number of other things. A giant slab of tofu. I want to be the crow of Nietzsche Joe. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. Uh, Can I be the crow? No. It's 2023. No one can be the crow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it was neat. That's all I got to say about it. So we're going to move on. Hey, Agro, what you been playing? Uh, in addition to currently playing Vampire Survivors, uh, which is <laughs> really, really my favorite part of doing the podcast from home. <laughs> 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 Just sitting here with my DualShock 4 and my phone propped up. Um, <laughs> I cracked into um, Dragon Quest Treasures. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, that did come out. Fuck. It did. And I'm like, I've, I've got to play some of it this year because I've, I've got this huge festering rash on my heart shaped like Dragon Quest XI. Mm -hmm. And there is only but one salve. And that is seeing all of those monster designs and hearing the sound effects. Hearing the sound effects makes me feel good. Yes. So is this on the Switch is what you're playing it on? Yes. Okay. And it, it has Dragon Quest XI's trademark, hit the jump button, and then you jump. <laughs> <laughs> I was really interested in this game, Agro. Lay it down. What's it like? Yeah, because I, I kept watching trailers and videos, and I couldn't fucking figure it out. Um, so you, you, have, you have an attack button. <laughs> You hit things with your dagger and, you know, you, you do damage. You run up to an enemy in Quest 64 style. You're now in a ring and you've got to fight that enemy. Oh. Um, as you fight enemies, there's a random chance that you can mess with with items that they will uh, be like, that guy who kicked my ass was really cool. I'm going to go sign up to be a buddy of his. And you go back to your home base and you can recruit monsters if you've got certain items to pay the recruitment fee. And you build a party of yourself and three monsters, and they each have, you know, their own stats and special attacks, and they level with you, and they fight automatically, but you've got, like, this one helps you jump, and that one makes you glide, and you can ride, like, I've, you know those pigs with the big witch hats in Dragon Quest? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you can ride those. <laughs> it's the best. Um... What you're mostly doing so far, like I haven't gotten far enough to really get the whole structure of the game, but it, it, it's mostly, you know, you're collecting treasure. You're, you're out in the levels and they've got quests to do in the levels, but mostly you're looking around for treasure. And if you get kind of close, all your monsters will be like, there's treasure nearby. <laughs> and you use your magic dagger to make a magic compass and it points, uh, it's sort of in that direction. You get a little closer and the monsters are like, there's treasure nearby. And the icon changes and you just, you get close enough and then you can use your magic dagger to see through the monster's eyes. And it's, it took me a while to figure out why the pictures were fucked up because some monsters are colorblind and some monsters ah! have... Big noses they can barely see over. That's amazing! <laughs> but they basically give you, like, choco graphs from Final Fantasy IX. They just give you a picture of terrain, and you've <laughs> got to go find it. <laughs> choco graphs. I remember one of those drove me insane. <laughs> yeah. As, as you were describing this, I knew it was completely incorrect, but my brain's like... Yeah, it's like an Uncharted segment. He gets close enough, and one of his monsters, voiced by Richard McGonagall, is like, one moment, Drake, I think there's something left here. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, one of your monster stats is how much treasure they can carry. 
in a oh. level before you have to go back and get it appraised and that raises your treasury value which raises your team level and gives you access to more stuff it's this absolute pile of systems uh but you know it's 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 all very skinner box makes the number go up and i feel really good Ooh. Uh, but it is also you know it's it's basically dragon quest 11 it is aggressively charming um <laughs> You can play either as Eric or Mia. You just switch out whenever you want. They're the same. They, you have the same levels. They're mechanically identical. Your your monsters, you need to choose them very wisely, not just because of uh, stat makeup or they have certain treasure affinities. So if you get ones with the same affinities in a level with that type of treasure, they'll sense it from farther away. And, and all of these team comp stat reasons, but also because they never shut the fuck up. <laughs> I had two slimes in my party <laughs> and the RNG kicked off a solid minute of both of them going, what slime is it? Oh. Constantly. So is this voiced or is it text? It, it it's a mix. You get some voice lines and characters will say like the first sentence, and then it'll, the rest of it's in text. <sighs> I I really wish I had played this before most mind numbing bark. <laughs> yes, that sounds very appropriate. Oh my god, it was it was brutal. Uh, but you know, once I cut it down to one slime, I think it unfucked the RNG for the barks and everything cooled down. <laughs> Everyone took their medication and it was <laughs> fine. But yeah, so far it's it's like once the game let me play it and stop making me walk 10 feet into a cutscene and then walk 10 feet into a cutscene and then walk 10 feet into a cutscene. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I was, I was really glad because like I said before, and as you experienced, no trailer would actually tell you how playing this game was like. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's, I had to, there, there's a system in this game where you, uh, you, your dagger attacks build up a meter and you can use that meter to, either command your monsters to do their special move or to go sicko mode yourself because it's a Toriyama game and you have to go Super Saiyan. Uh, <laughs> the game never told me how to do that. I just kept building this meter and going, what the fuck do I do with this? <laughs> Good. The meter is full. All is right in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like half an hour after I figured out how to do it, an NPC showed up at the base. who's was like, would you like to learn advanced combat techniques? You're a son of a bitch. Where were you? <laughs> I really am glad this game is fun, though, uh, because even if it wasn't, I was going to grip my teeth and pretend to enjoy it because Eric Eric is straight up my fucking boy from Dragon Quest Eleven, and I was going to like this game regardless. <laughs> <laughs> understandable the, the longer it goes i think the weirder it's gonna get that he never mentioned running a giant monster <laughs> treasure hunting organization uh -huh. in his youth yeah like, oh, we had a hard life me and my sister living with the vikings like wow that must have sucked yeah what slime is it <laughs> it was hell on earth <laughs> slow zoom on his fucking face <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man.
Is that game only on the Switch? Yeah. Is it on CPC even? No, I think it's only on the Switch. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why I'm like, I'm scared. <laughs> like, I want to buy this so bad. Okay, I'm broken for various PS2 games. Uh-huh. Hey, girl, when you go out to look for treasure, is it always in the same area, or are you going to new areas with that, like, or new levels that you find treasure in? Yeah, as soon as you get through the opening segment, like you're you're on this weird floating island chain connected by a magical train that seems to be pieces of a big dragon corpse that's been turned to stone. Um, so like yeah, every time you go out, you get to pick which level you go to, and which level you want to go to is either dependent on which quests are there or whether your team has a higher treasure affinity to go there. And every time you go to the same area, the treasure is in a different spot. Okay, but there are several areas you could choose to go to. Yes. Great. <laughs> uh, if you're feeling especially inspired and watching this live, because if you're not, ha uh, the, the this game is on sale for $10 off for the next four hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's value. Um... I'm glad to hear this game's really good. Did you buy it digitally or physically? <laughs> uh, I bought it digitally because the urge struck me last night and it was yeah. on sale. <laughs> yeah, I get uh, No, I get it. I get it. Just borrow it. <laughs> I'm glad someone's checking I that out. I believe there's a demo of it. Yes, there is a demo. You can try the demo. I... I would have tried the demo if I weren't burning through this list of games. Mm -hmm. That one just barely didn't make the list because I was scared and no one had played it. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Um, okay, I have a question for my co-host. Did I talk about Rogue Legacy 2 last week? I'm pretty yes, sure I did. did. Yes. Okay, great. Awesome. Uh, Okay. Uh, hey, Chris, what you been playing? Uh, I played... I mostly played things I had already played. I don't think I played anything new other than Vengeful Guardian Moonrider. I okay. played more Full Skies. Cool. I enjoyed that, enjoying that. I played more Ast Libra Revision, which I will finish. Because <sighs> it's, it's going to be on my game of the year list for sure. <sighs> uh... The first three levels of Banjo-Tooie tricked me. <laughs> How do you mean? They're even remotely sane? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I thought yeah. the first level was really deep. Yeah, Stony Banjo, hilarious. Hilarious, funniest goddamn thing in a Banjo game. Once you get to the fourth level, which is Jolly Roger Lagoon, the water level... The game becomes obsessed with these cross-level epics to get jiggies. Uh, yes! <laughs> and it's like, why? Why? <laughs> even that, even that, even that was mostly fine. The fact they let you go into a boss fight that they intend you to do with the transformation, but they'll just fucking send you in there, let you go in there without it for mm -hmm. no reason. They, they, they arbitrarily gate you from areas all the time. 
but letting you go into a fucking a boss fight in the wrong form. That, that, that'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, I want to fight Kazooie alone. <laughs> um, I got JoJo's banjo in my head. I hope you're happy, Bob. Man. That game has the worst first-person aiming of maybe any game I've ever played in my entire life. It is a thing that only could have existed on the N64. And that is and such like, a tragedy. And I'm like, didn't you guys make Goldeneye? Yeah, well, there was a lot of I, that uh, being said during I, that fucking stream we did. I, I, I get yeah, well, that, that it's was a different, different team. team. Yeah. I get it, but you can't like look across <laughs> the office and go, oh, what we're doing is wrong. No. <laughs> uh, since Agro hasn't played this, it's a bad feeling first person shooter camera with a reticle, but it defaults to the center. So the moment you stop moving the stick, it snaps back to the middle. That's so weird. I feel like I've played something that did that. Uh, a really bad was turret awful. shooter. Yeah, like that, that's something you only expect on on a like non like a, a shooter that's always in one place, not a shooter where you move. So like a rail shooter. Yeah, like a rail shooter. Okay. Yeah, like the uh, like the credit sequence of melee. Yes. I will be and right back. And then you get to Grunty Industries. <laughs> what happened to Grunty's Industries? <laughs> I, sp I, I spent three hours getting four jiggies. That's what happened in Grunty Industries. What yeah. were they fucking thinking? They chose cruelty. Every single thing about that level sucks. Every single thing. And... I, I don't even want to say this because it just sounds crazy. But this this is the I think this is probably the first time playing a game I have ever felt like the like I'm being pranked. <laughs> like the development process of this game was them sitting around thinking about what it would what would be funny. For them to make people do, not what would be funny to the player. No. What would be funny to, like, what would be the funniest evil to release into this world? And that sounds crazy. Like, I'm so resistant to the idea that somebody made something bad on purpose. Because that that's almost, that is, in the overwhelming majority of circumstances, not the case. I have returned. What is not the case in the overwhelming majority? That that somebody made something deliberately to be bad. Right, yeah. Yeah, no. But, Usually it's just a shortcoming of their skill set or not or understanding how a resources. thing would play out. Yeah, resources, yeah. But over, like, I just get this feeling playing Banjo-Tooie that the developers are laughing. That's all I can feel when you do something like go across this long, perilous catwalk to get to a Jinjo. Oh, wait, it's a fake Jinjo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this, and, this like, game's made with serious amounts of malice. Like, yeah, like it. And again, that <laughs> I, I can't think of a single other game I would ever say this was made maliciously. So the developer, as a lark from the developer, I can point to a lot of games where it's like, this game is going to step on your balls, and that's the point of the game, because there's some people who are into that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I feel like, like this is another thing where I can compare it directly to Grab by the Ghoulies made by the same people. Yeah, it's literally the same team <laughs> at Rare. They're like, we were so done with Banjo. So anyways, we made Grab by the Ghoulies. I'm like, you sure did. It's it, like just the moment you turn into the fucking washing machine in <laughs> Grunty Industries. And one, it makes an obnoxiously loud squeak sound as you move and maybe they thought that was funny i'm willing to forgive that the moment i'm like oh you're 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 just crazy is when you uh-huh. get on the teleport teleporter pad which is in every level all over the world because it's the only way to feasibly move quickly through these giant fucking monolith levels they made and then it goes uh the washing machine can't use the teleporter yeah i go what do you mean <laughs> this hasn't been a rule in any other level and i'm sure won't be a rule in any of the future levels why can't i use the teleporter uh, no, you have to use the service elevators, which only the only the washing machine can. Sucks. It does suck so bad. And, and the fourth levels where they really ramp up, not just the jiggies being cross level epics. <laughs> it, it's where they ramp up that you you need most almost half the stuff in this level. You need something from a future stage to get. Yeah, that feels terrible. That's one of the worst feelings in a three D platformer. And the fact they they collected like all of the most malicious things they could do into one infinity gauntlet and Thanos snapped my fun really just makes you go, I think Banjo-Tooie might be worse than Conquer. It's so close to call. <laughs> I, mm, that's mm. It's complicated, right? It is complicated because Conquer is much shorter. It's a third of the length. It's much shorter and it, it honestly is nowhere near as malicious. <laughs> Yeah, I beat but Conquer it, as a kid, so... But it's, but it's definitely made by a misanthrope. <laughs> yeah, Conquer is more bad because its sense of humor is literally disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's hateful. Yes. <laughs> and and, and Ban- but even Banjo-Tooie gets into that hatefulness a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Where where it's where where the where the mom in in witchy world where the one of the I think the only one that you can't do the first time you're there because the first couple levels have like one thing you can't do the first time you're there and then as you get deeper into the game more and more things you have to come back for yeah but she's like can you bring my three kids back to me you can't do the last one because he's too fat to move you got to learn the move that lets banjo put him in his backpack yeah. And then you bring him, and she's like, you ate hamburgers, didn't you, you fat bastard? She starts hitting him. Yes. She starts wailing on him. Yeah. And that felt very Conker-esque to me. Oh, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I think it's fair to say that's pretty Conker-y. Yeah, I remember there being some <laughs> jokes that were really rough with the, the witch sisters, too. I could have sworn there were lots of fat jokes in there. But maybe I mean, it's a, it's a right. banjo. I feel like that's nonstop because they're like, Gruntilda's yeah, fat. That's game. the bit. Yeah, that's the bit. But yeah, I still haven't beaten it. I'll hopefully do that on Saturday. <laughs> I need 15 jiggies, and I think I'm set up to instantly get two. That's so good. I really least. only need 13. And I'm and I'm and I'm fleeing from from Grunty Industries unless I absolutely have to go back. Like I somehow hit a bizarre wall that's like, go back to hell. Go back to hell. I feel like 
there's a sky level. And though that level is very epic and huge, it does not feel as malicious as Grunty Industries. So. Yeah, Grunty Industries is just also <laughs> completely impossible to mentally map because it's all it's enormous, but they're all different rooms. Yes. I, I think that is the second time they did the non-Euclidean room thing. Because the first time's DK64 for anyone who which, doesn't know. Which isn't nearly as bad, because in DK64 it's still seamless, so you can still build a mental map. You're not going, where does this door go? Is this the right floor for this? Especially when you factor in there's the washing machine shit, so half of each floor is like sectioned off to the washing machine. Yeah. And then there's fucking doorways from outside... You know, hearing you describe this is just bringing back memories, not not of Banjo-Tooie, because of course, but but of Grab by the Ghoulies, because it also does the per-room transitions. So building out the map of this terrible house, it's like, oh, oh, God. W wait, which room is this? Oh, right. This is the room where I had to punch every object in the room to find the invincibility potion that lets me win. <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're getting there. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, did but, you play yeah. anything else? No, that's all I played. You know that what that means? That means it's time for the Pod Lords. Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Pod Lords. Yes, that's right. The Pod Lords. Pod Lords such as E. Lee Broyles, Corey Brown, The Plan, Red Blaze 27, Suzu Shiro. Shibiagato, BN12. Rado has very mild COVID. Wish for me to not, not to get better, but to stop the boredom of being trapped in a room for a week. <laughs> oh, that's rough. One and one shades of wonderful remastered. WTF, Spider-Man. Microsoft never changes. <laughs> uh. Rewatching Liberty Kids like a shonen anime taught me that Benedict Arnold is just Sasuke. Also, he's voiced by Dustin Hoffman. Oh God! <laughs> no, I think I think Sasuke has a much more uh, reasonable and rational motivation. <laughs> DFW 3K. I made an AI Ronald Reagan say that racism is bad. We won, guys! <laughs> oh. You can also make AI gobbles say that. <laughs> User literally named Shiny Mew didn't realize how much the Poke movies defined them until a GB podcast about them began. <laughs> Our content really is a journey of self-discovery. 
Like discovering which of the drunken master movies is better. <laughs> Kristen. Kyle Bjork. Iron Agro. Bligda Blue. Schligda's Boo. Monster Hunter Ryzen and Raiden. I thought Velma was pretty good. People just didn't get the humor. Topical. <laughs> high on life, more like high on prison time. We're going to prison. <laughs> Where's this guy's series? I don't watch that. It's Cougar. My name is Jack Cougar. <laughs> See, Bob, they've combined Max Cougar and Jack Garland. I I don't know what Max Cougar is. How the nothing. fuck? That was two weeks ago, my man. I That's forgot. the only character in Bullet Witch, oh, including okay. Bullet Witch herself, I... who is not a character. <laughs> Been too long. I'm sorry. <laughs> The dude was literally stock designed He's for American character. Goku! <laughs> Two parts milk, one part Mountain Dew. Not great. Indigo Sykes. Drive typecast. Rest in piss won't be missed. <laughs> AG went to Canada and got to see penguins at Stanley Park. I love penguins. Nice. Hell yeah. That's awesome. You've heard of Dark Side Phil. Now get ready for Both Sides Phil. <laughs> oh, 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 God. This, oh, this oh, pod lord no. gets a gold star. <laughs> oh, the curse. When you desperately hope the new house can save your acquisition. <laughs> A raccoon that is so tired from everyone talking about Vel that Velma show. Please just go watch Mystery Incorporated. <laughs> Paduruwak, Pokemon Whack, Tekken Whack, Armored Core Whack, Judas Whack, play Hyper Demon and kill a god. Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> The Super Mim. Paizo saving fantasy tabletop RPGs all over again. What are the odds? <laughs> yeah, they left on that shit real fast. Oh, man. This looks like a job for us, motherfuckers. <laughs> Remember when what we did when you made fourth, fourth edition? <laughs> yeah. You did that again, but even harder this time. Just keep lobbing them softballs, Hasbro. <laughs> Saraline. Timothy Fister loves Slow King's new signature move. It tells a joke so lame it starts snowing that it switches out in shame. This is gonna be huge in the meta. <laughs> Bearded Joe. Cleochrome. Arc Seaside. Krungle Spum. There is no bit. It is just Noodle this week. The Sneezler. <laughs> <laughs> God! <laughs> Bob, you didn't tell me that the Sneasler in Pokemon Legends Arceus is apparently a red soda. <laughs> POV, you're about to have the least amount of fun playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. 
Year of the Rabbit is January 22nd. Here is a Hamon card bunny girl from SD Gundam Bupin. This West. is how you celebrate. And Iconic Bane. Thank you very much to our pod lords. Thank pod lords. Oh man, they skate? Yeah, a skateboard. Thank you, pod lords! Thank you, Tony Hawk. <laughs> Thank you, Tony Hawk. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and if you thank you, Pod Lords, and if you'd like to become a Pod Lord, you can go to our Patreon at patreoncom podcast. For as little as five dollars a month, you get access to many benefits, such as early access to Chugging Bleach and Pokemon Go to the Movies, our two monthly anime review podcasts, wherein we review five or more or more episodes of Bleach every month and a Pokemon movie every month. You also get uh, extended cuts of shows or extended cu cut content from shows when there is cut content as such to be given. You also get a patron exclusive show one a month where you get to vote on what good or bad movie we have to watch and then talk about. Uh, and if it's a bad movie, you even get a commentary track. And if you've never been a, become a patron before, all of those shows are backlogged on the Patreon, like 60. Because yeah, we're crazy. Is a uh, lot. You also get access to a movie Isolation 119, one of the greatest films ever made about a man who really wants a tax write-off. <laughs> uh, that's patreon.com slash gbpodcast. And uh, this month, the, 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 the patron-exclusive show is going to be Jackie Chanuary related. Yeah, bless <laughs> Blontep for Jackie Chanuary. You get to vote if you're a patron. Finally. I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm so, so uh, excited. Pa <laughs> Patreon.com slash GB podcasts. Thank Remember you, that voting for Bless Blonte and Jackie January is a very big responsibility and you need to take it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a guy who's who hasn't won Bless Blonte once. Wait, that's not true. You won once, right? Right? I, I don't even remember. <laughs> You just kept putting Master and Commander up for voting. <laughs> no one it's weird like that. that we let him do that nine times in a row. That was fucking strange. <laughs> then I put up Cutthroat Island and they vote for that just to really piss off oh, Akron. Yeah, <laughs> Although I never have seen that, so I, I too would also kind of win. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash GB Podcast. Uh, viewer, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, before we get into the news this week uh, that talking about any of this uh, brings me absolutely no pleasure. This is a heinous week in news. Maybe yeah, Bob, it's rough. Bob, do you have anything positive we can shift to before we talk about? Um, let me see. Oh no, Bob's falling down yeah, a well. Yeah, there's some okay stuff I got in here. Okay, let's let's do that. Uh, we got a Yippee. a date announcement for Black Mist Wukong. Okay. That allegedly is going to ship summer of 2024. That's a long time from now. It is, but they put out a really great like stop motion uh, feature, like commercial for it. Where cool. a, a, a bunny rabbit tries to buy the game. He has the disc and tries to install and is like, you need more VRAM. So then he goes to the store and buys a new GPU from literally the president of NVIDIA. It turned into a tiger man. Yeah, let me let me let me pull up this image because this is very funny. Uh that that's insane. I didn't hear about this at all, which is weird. You think the circles I go in, people would have blown up. Yes. And we've been like, holy shit, you seen this? He's a fucking tiger now. <laughs> 
Um, that is wait, how many months is that from now? Sixteen? Yeah, seventeen. They're about. Oh my god! And it's called the GPU is called the No Force PTX. <laughs> yeah, and it looks literally just like a forty nine D when he puts it in his machine. Oh my god! <laughs> they're like Jensen. Are you okay with us doing this? They're like, why are you drawing me as Tony the Tiger? Why, why are you doing this to me? But also, yes. How did you find out I'm a furry? <laughs> and then he has them killed. <laughs> That's rough, man. Dude, I, I have no doubt Jensen Wong could make someone disappear if he wanted. Yeah, I mean, he's a CEO. I assume all of them have that ability. Right. Especially when you have cool AI powers. Anyways, here's here's on screen the image of Jensen <laughs> Wong Tiger. So that was great. There's nothing but positivity there other than fantastic. <laughs> I don't know if I really believe that game is coming out next summer, but maybe. That would be cool. Yeah. I like the idea that the game's own marketing materials like you're going to need a really impossibly powerful fucking <laughs> GPU to run this. It even ends with the, the, the system specs he was building in his PC are not necessarily representative of what he needed for this game. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I guess they don't want to. I guess they don't want to upset people too much yet. <laughs> they'll uh, wait till it actually releases. Uh, you got any other news? Um, level five put up a job posting insinuating that they will they're planning to get back into releasing stuff worldwide. They sure said the dumbest thing in the world though while doing that. They did. They they, they did. With the recent globalization recent. of recent, yeah, recent, recent. twenty twenty three recent <laughs> <laughs> of the game business, we are looking to maximize business scale. Is a contender uh, or content holder what is, in what that for like. I yeah. don't even know what like, part could have been recent. Right. Like any one part of this industry that could have recently gone global. That doesn't make any sense. Like you dudes were global like back on, on the PS2, PS2 launch. Yeah, no, they yeah. were no, I did, uh, uh. You I motherfuckers, you made Dragon Quest 8. What are you talking about? <laughs> it wasn't really global look, though. Look, level 5 if if you if I'm going to say I'm going to give you advice for free save that company. Oh. Just put those fucking latent games on Switch. Just port them all over to Switch. I know you have high res versions of those of that art. Just move it over to the Switch. Would people really want the latent games on what is not arguably the worst portable made by the the, the main two portable makers ever? Would they would, really would, want would, that? Would people really want the 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 franchise that you were most successful with in the West ever? No, probably what are, not. What are you talking about? Dark Cloud's <laughs> a very successful <laughs> franchise. Very successful franchise. God, like I guess the last thing we got from them was they ported the Nino Kuni one to yes. the new consoles. Yes. Yeah. Like also don't make Nino Kuni three. Yeah. As much as that could be good, it it I feel like the what? water's probably tainted. One was neat because you had that Ghibli collaboration. Then two didn't have that and still looked like Ghibli and came off as kind of sad. And then it was kind of sad. I think they actually got some because Ghibli closed down at that point. That's why it didn't have a collaboration, but it still had like the musician and like one of the artists. Uh, so I think it was still legit. But it, I, something about that game just did not land with people. Yeah, it's. 
I don't know, focus on Layton. Um, release your games in the West. Stop pushing Yokai Watch as a competitor to Pokemon. That ain't happening. Yeah, yeah it sounded like this press release was very much just saying that without saying that. They're like, it's it's not working globally. We're but, done trying. But, Cure yourself of the weird condition that's like nobody will show the anime on TV. We won't release the game in America. Yeah. Nothing's you can put on the TV. anime on Crunchyroll. <sighs> no. We won't even let Crunchyroll have it. So, Bob, what's the next bit of news? Uh, they're also Guilty Gear Exard Rev 2 is getting uh, netcode or rollback netcode on PC on the 20th of this month. So, very close. <sighs> Arxis, Arxis, mm-hmm. just, just make a PS5 version of that game that's a free upgrade. <laughs> it has no other features but rollback, and it doesn't have crossplay with the PS3. No, the no one by Strive, we swear. We swear no one would play the new game if we did that. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works, right? Yeah. Nobody plays, but the, but the, nobody plays anything but the latest version of King of Fighters. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> no one. That's, that that seems to be something that a lot of companies labor under the delusion of. Mm-hmm. It's like, really well, frustrating. We, we, we can't compete if we make more than one game in a franchise every five years. It'll compete with something. It's like no, you'll make more money and build a fan base. What people are. People are not nearly as incurious as a lot of people in the gaming, like gaming commentary and developers apparently think they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, the people in the developer space are used to dealing with a lot of uh, game journalists and a lot of a, um, influencers who are only interested in the thing that is the latest thing so they can get views. So I can understand why they might have been gaslit by all of those people into believing that. But yeah, no, it's people who are into stuff are into all of the stuff. I really like story of seasons and how they've been just rolling out. Here's a remake. Here's a new one. Here's a remake. Here's a new, like that's great. And that's what they should be doing. Thank God. They're not like, no, we can't give you a remake of an old one. We have a new one on the way. (sighs) Hey, Bob, I hear returnals coming to PC on February 15th. It is. Yippee. Yippee. Fun fact, everyone, if I remember correctly, and I'm just going to look this up before I do it, PC requirements, the highest end mode on this game is above my PC. (laughs) It is like the CPU is one grade higher, I think. One Uh, notch above. Yeah, the the graphics to theoretical. There, there was, there was a, I, there, I feel like there's a couple games where that is literally what the highest preset is. It's called like future or theoretical, and that's smart. Honestly, uh, it's smart to have your graphics scale like that, not your uh, CPU uh, threading uh, crisis. <laughs> In the future, all the CPUs will run at eight gigahertz. No, no, that won't happen anytime soon, possibly ever. Uh, yeah, this the. I'm really excited for this port. I'm probably going to buy it again because I really want to see that game like run above 60 and have like really good options for uh, just the fidelity and stuff. Yeah, it has ray tracing. now. Yeah, it does have ray tracing on PC, two different types, I believe. And uh, the highest end thing, the 4K 60 with ray tracing. Mm-hmm. That's the one that it's like you need an 11, 11,900 K 
or an AMD Ryzen 5900X. And I'm like, am I on a 5800X? The fact I have to question if my PC can play this latest game is terrifying. Considering my PC by no means is old. No. All of the parts were put together at, at oldest, at longest to go, 15 months. <laughs> Never mind, I do have that exact CPU. You're ready. Hooray! I was pretty on the line of buying a 5800. Okay. I was I was really between the two, so I forgot which one I ultimately went with. I probably would have gotten the 5800 if uh I didn't do production software, like productivity stuff. Oh yeah. Like video editing and uh crunching other shit. Anyways, that is ludicrous. Bob, what is your CPU? It's a 1200 or 12000 series. Do you know what the other digits are? Uh, you built this weeks ago. I my did. Man. I I I always just learn everything I need and, and then, then kind of wipe it. Yeah, burnable yeah. refuse. <laughs> That's how it goes. It, it, yeah. So I can't tell you. I'd have to boot up my PC and check. Nah, we're good. I'm I just gonna check my Amazon order. But anyways, it doesn't matter. You can't play the game for real because you only have a puny 1080 Ti. Yeah, that's true. It's pathetic. It's a disgustingly bad PC over there. Um, anyways, that's cool. I'm really excited. Love that game. Uh, there was a bunch of announcements about games coming to PSVR 2. They say there's going to be like 30 games by the end of March. Reminder, it launches in February. Um, they announced Res, Infinite, and Tetris Effect are getting... Proper versions for the Tetris Effect Connected. You can get that upgrade and the PSVR 2 support, which is all included in the same thing. Uh, if you already own the old one for like $10 or something. So I'm going to do that. Um, maybe the VR experience will be better this time. Because honestly, between choosing between playing Tetris Effect on an OLED or PSVR 1, I chose the OLED instantly. Mm -hmm. It looked gorgeous. But maybe on the new one, it'll look uh, a lot better. Who knows? Oh, I'm just looking at that last bullet of news and I'm going to head somewhere. <laughs> I'm just dodging this this mood as long as. Hey, hey. Oh, oh, no, we're just in it now, aren't we? Yeah, we might be out of good stuff. Hey, Chris, well, Chris, some hey, good Chris stuff. you talk about your things. OK. Um. Oh, God, they're almost all bad, too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's literally uh, a minefield. So, some uh, some some images of Suicide Squad kills the Justice League UI leaked, and, and they got and they got DMCA'd because thusly confirming they were real. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, which obviously, it's, it's it's. I wrote Destiny like, but it seems like I guess it's structured more like pay like a payday, where you had the you're gonna have a battle pass for cosmetics. You level up, you have a loadout of weapons because it's a shooter. Every character just has guns and presumably mm, yeah. like cooldown moves that do other things. And then you have like a talents chart, which I guess is what what which abilities you equip. This this game just. And reminder, <laughs> this game was announced in its first form in 2010 and reportedly was rebooted multiple times, but always still at Rocksteady. Really? This game didn't take 13 whole years to make? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... That's... Like, shipping a game like this in 2023 after, after like a decade of troubled development is like being the last person killed in a war. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... 
It's rough. It's like it's like you get killed by a bullet that was fired as the truce was called out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they've ended up on the same sort of thing that like Gossip Knights did of like we're it's, yeah. al it's almost like they're owned by the same company who I was really hoping that I was really hoping that Avengers exploding on the launch pad would have like caused them to change their trajectory because that was four years ago. They had four fucking years. Oh my god. It really been that long since that exploded? I'm pretty Meanwhile, sure. I'm like, it hasn't been longer. Uh <laughs> Avengers. Okay, PS4. it's only been three years. It's only okay. been three years. It was like I could have sworn that happened while the podcast was going, not at the very start of it. <laughs> four years. Yeah. So I mean, four years ago would have been like late 2019. Mm -hmm. so that still would have been pretty much four years. But yeah, but but again, they've had over two. Like they'll they'll have had almost three years when this game comes out. It's like you you didn't realign at all. You looked at the biggest like the biggest media property in the world exploding trying to do this exact genre of game mm -hmm. and you didn't you didn't change it at all yeah and it's like uh you know harley quinn boom captain boomerang and a shark man are as big as iron man and captain america oh <laughs> yeah, God. yeah we have a better it's... brand and we're very smart so it's going to work when we do it yeah uh -huh. obviously well and, and again <laughs> they did say you'll be able to play as the justice league in a future season why would they yeah why would you they, say that why would you they say said that? that they said that like a year ago even they're like yeah you'll be able to play as those people eventually okay because they, they got to add new characters it's one of those games yeah i feel like the only reason anyone's giving this game a chance is because rocksteady made it we're just hoping right like yeah. the, like they're they're not going to add in slipknot Slipknot being a or... DC. No, <laughs> Slipknot is a DC character who was on the Suicide Squad in the comics, and his ability is he's really good at ropes. And shooting a gun now. They had <laughs> yes. <laughs> like they're oh, not they're man. not gonna put in Slipknot. They're not gonna put in Rick Flag. They're not gonna they're not gonna put in these Suicide Squad guys. They, they, they want to put in the marketable people. I don't understand how this is able to keep going like this they canceled a freaking superman game to make them make this uh-huh yeah it will well, well that would only make uh hundreds of millions of dollars and this this will make infinite money it, oh. it totally it totally isn't literally impossible for this game to recoup with how long it was in development <sighs> yeah anyways let's move on okay uh god Let's pull. Up, let's talk about something really fucking funny. Okay. Uh, so Blizzard got shut down in China. Yeah, you're right. Um, that is funny. That is funny. Here's what's really funny. NetEase is laying into them. Oh. Uh, NetEase is like, this is not our fault at all. It is their fucking fault. They repeatedly called Blizzard the equivalent of an unfaithful spouse. <laughs> what did they do? Uh, they did a live stream where they deconstructed their orc axe statue, a giant fucking statue, on live stream and replaced it with a big sword from one of their games. Ooh. <laughs> uh, then at the NetEase coffee shop, they introduced Blizzard green tea 
and green tea is a modern Chinese slur referring to someone who's two-faced and is a backstabbing parasite who tries to appear wholesome and innocent. Whoa. Wow. Wow, what the fuck did uh, green oh, tea do? Also, also apparently, <laughs> right. um, Blizzard's archiving thing that's supposed to let them, I guess, somehow export uh, people's data to when they find a new like a new partner is breaking. So people, a lot of Chinese players are apparently losing all their world of Warcraft shit. So yeah. And, and they just put out this big thing. Like blizzard said, we wanted to control their IPs, which is fucking nonsensical and stupid. Also don't use their archive thing until they fix it. It's broken. So hmm. things aren't looking too good for blizzard at the moment. <laughs> Mm. that's okay i heard someone's gonna buy them and fix everything <laughs> yeah that's definitely gonna happen it's gonna happen definitely. Yeah. well what what other news you see <laughs> uh uh dokapon kingdom connect a switch remake of a game Ooh. played by monsters and war criminals <laughs> comes out on comes out april 13th the western release is planned if you've never played dokapon kingdom it's a board game type, multiplayer board game type game like Mario Party, except there's no mini games. Um, it's like an RPG. And there's things in it like, oh, you picked the thief class. You passed by your friend in um, like you rolled, you rolled, you lapped them on the board. Uh, mm. uh, the, the thief's ability is to steal items. You stole a plot required item from them and now they <laughs> cannot progress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> or, or, or stuff like, um, uh, you challenged your friend to a duel and they beat you. They get, now get to rename your character to ass face. <laughs> I have a like deep you, need to play this I, game. I don't yes. think you can change it back until you beat the, them in a duel and they can just run forever. That is amazing. And it even has a thing. It's like, oh, you're really far behind. Um, do you want to sell your soul to Satan and become a super powerful demon knight that can erase everyone else's progress? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like the best party game ever yeah if, if your goal is to end with fewer friends than you started with is that is that not the point <laughs> I, of party i game? thought that was the point of mario party at least i thought that was the part a uh, point of monopoly <laughs> um uh a credible source said that uh, there's a Baten uh, Kaitos remake coming. That is a that is a JRPG made by Monolith Soft back when they were still owned by Namco. Uh, it was GameCube exclusive because the GameCube had no RPGs. It was like we 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 sense a you know an empty space in the market. Let's get in there, and mm. that's supposed to release this summer. That's still crazy. Yeah, I think the Baten Kaitos main character is really cool looking. So I'm kind of excited. I never actually played the game yeah, because I thought I'm it cool had card by combat. <laughs> I no idea if Monolith Sauce actually on it because I, I assume Bamco owns it and just be like, we had our own guys make a remake. Right. Yeah, it's possible. But if it's only on Switch, then maybe they are working on it. Maybe. It might be one of those situations where Monolith Soft owns the game. Mm-hmm. Like, like the weird the weird Bayonetta situation where Nintendo owns Bayonetta 2 and 3. Sega owns the IP. Platinum owns Bayonetta One, so all three of them have to get together to do anything with the game, the series, basically. Right. 
it seems crazy that uh like a few years ago it was said that Xenosaga was non-remakeable. Like there is absolutely no way they could do a remake of that ever. But the Bata Kaisos wouldn't be. <laughs> I assume there might be a Xenosaga thing coming eventually, because they even did the that didn't they even find a way to do the dot hacks they hadn't done already before? Or are those still in limbo? Uh, we still don't have the original dot hack, I don't think. I think we just have the, the quadrilogy. What is it? Okay. Quarantine. <laughs> I'm always gonna try to remember the fucking acronym. Yeah, but but may, but maybe they were like, "Look, Xenoblade's really fucking popular. Why are we sitting on these games? I'm, I'm sure somebody will buy them, even if they're bad, which they are." <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have like there was no connection to say this when I was talking about Banjo Tooie, but the only game that had ever made me feel even remotely as like life sucked as Banjo Tooie was Xenosaga One, with how relentlessly it pounds you with unending cutscenes. <laughs> unending cutscenes where nothing happens. So it was like a streaming show way ahead yes. of its time. Yes. <laughs> Fucking yes. <laughs> I, you know, I know it's bad because it's a PS2 JRPG I dropped. I had yeah. a, I always just played so things. I. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and Atelier Ryza was delayed one month to March 24th. I assume oh, okay. it failed compliance. That's almost always the option. What's like, we're six weeks out and we're delaying one month. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that says they, they missed some bug and it failed compliance. And, and that's all that there's, right? That, we don't need to talk that, about any nightmare news. My, uh, I talk about one more thing that might oh, okay. be relevant to Microsoft later. So uh, basically every single analyst in the entertainment industry have, have come out and said, streaming's doomed. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> These yep. subscription services are, do not, there is no world where you will ever make as much money as you made before you got into this. Wow. If only it's someone like on this podcast had been saying that for seven years. <laughs> It's, it's, it's almost like the, these subscription services are all inherently bad ideas. You cannot make new content and then profit off it with $15 a month. That's a great way to monetize your dirt old content. Mm -hmm. Which yeah. a lot of you fuckers won't do. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst part. Like, this it's was like... a bad idea before you did it wrong. Right. Like, I feel like, optimally speaking, for maximal profit and viewer enjoyment... The streaming platforms are closer to what Boomerang was at one point in time. Yeah. But instead, and, and, they're and, like, we made a high-profile fucking movie with fucking a bunch of celebrities, but no one's even heard of the name. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, it, the, the analyst specifically said, there's no room in the market for multiple streaming services. There's room for, like, one. And it, and it shouldn't have brand new content on it. This was all from the Hollywood Reporter. They did a big, big thing today where it's like, that's awesome. Guys, man. you're about to die. Stop <laughs> it. I'm very excited for three to four years from now when people look back and said, you know, we all agreed with Dan the whole time about Microsoft, too, just like the streaming thing. And I'm like, no, you didn't. No one did. <laughs> Anyways, hey, we've got some news to get into. Uh, this news hit right before we went live. Bob, go ahead and cover your last bullet. Because I'm oh, fucking pissed. Oh I'm j Two things came in at the last <laughs> second. This was one of them, and it absolutely fucking pissed me off. I was furious. So uh, Bruce Raley, co-creator of The Last of Us, 
started talking about how maybe the industry needs to unionize and get stuff to protect the workers' rights because he was not credited or paid at all for creating The Last of Us uh, when the new TV show came out. Like, he's not in the credits even a little. wonder why he got out of working at Naughty Dog and doing AAA games. Weird. That's weird. Worth noting, Bruce Draley, creator of two of the best Naughty Dog games, Uncharted 4 and The Last of Us. It's almost like they owe him for that mm -hmm. and shouldn't shittily cut him out of the credit. No, it's totally different. Ignore that it's like a one-to-one -one remake almost it's, completely. Yeah. God <laughs> damn. It's, it's definitely, the, 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 Neil Druckmann definitely isn't weird and insane. Ugh. Yeah, so that's that's pretty frustrating. Uh, the, the longer time goes on, the more it's like, yeah, he was he was the important part. Druckmann yeah. did nothing. He made he's making literally miserable games now. God, it sucks. God, it sucks. Anyways, even worse, Neil Druckmann went up with that company afterward. Anyways, God, all of that sucks and is terrible and pisses me off. Hey, Agro, we're gonna we're gonna take a little break at your your news. Cool. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm nice. I'm gonna take a moment here to murder some names I've never heard pronounced out loud. Ooh, that's so... not usually your bit on this podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Uh, so the the law firm of and here we go, Migliaccio and Rathod. Sure, that's my swing. Uh, are currently investigating Diablo Immortal. Y'all remember Diablo Immortal, right? It's that game yeah, everyone wanted. Yes. I have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> so they apparently have this this item you can buy, like a gem that you can buy for money in packs that were some of which were like a hundred dollars, called Blessing of the Worthy. Okay, and it the item had. <gasps> reading it oh my god yeah like three <laughs> levels to it and it like it gave you like a 20 percent chance to do damage equal to 12 percent of the character's maximum health but then at level three that ability the the wording changed to 12 percent of current health and they went why does why did the item get worse and company says oh sorry um yeah, level three's right. That's what it was supposed to say. So we'll go ahead and fix that text. <sighs> yeah. No so refunds, you... no compensation, no apology. <sighs> which in the US of A, that shit is called a bait and switch. Yeah. Um, do you know what basically never happens in any of these gotcha games ever? Uh... A character being nerfed. <laughs> It seems yeah. like Blizzard didn't pick up on that particular nuance of the market they were getting into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, the slightest patch notes come out for Genshin ever. It's like, we had to change the way this one thing works. Here's like a 500 gems. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if and you... And Bob, that's not nerfing. That's fixing it to work better. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> If, if you played Diablo Immortal and you have bought Blessing of the Worthy, you can go to the website of the law firm of Migliaccio and Rathod. God, I hope that's close. And like, they have a box there. You can sign up to be part of their investigation. Yippee. Ping, <laughs> ping, wow. Um, 
Jesus Christ. That yeah. Just, I, oh my God. I can't think of any time anyone's ever fucked that up. <laughs> like, generally speaking, there's the apology gems. There's we should yeah, not you just change you just it to the thing the, that'll get us shit whoops, kicked. Here's a bunch of currency. Right. You know what? I have some last ditch uh, cool news. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool news. Diablo Immortal has PvP. That was a fucking mistake, morons. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Diablo. It has to have PvP. will ruin every single game to make it happen. <laughs> For some reason, please. that's Blizzard's opinion now. I have no idea why, but that started with Diablo 3 and it won't please, end. Please, please end. Please end. <laughs> Uh, apparently the voice actor for Raiden was teasing something might be announced in the coming weeks about Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. That's really great. Cool. Yes. That'd be cool if, 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 if they somehow worked out whatever shit went wrong when, where that teaser never went anywhere. Right. It'd be great it'd be if cool we got if, it too. It'd mm-hmm. be, yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool for Platinum to make a game that wasn't, that was a real game, not fucking Babylon's Fall. Mm-hmm. It was not locked on the Switch. The like bar has never been lower. <laughs> what was what was even the last? I guess it was near. Was the last time they were like, "Here's here's something from us that's not just on the switch." Yeah, excluding ports like you know Vanquish and Bayonetta escaping. Yeah, yeah that's it. Like, yeah. That was the last new game. It's been six years. It's ludicrous. I mean, I would even take just porting Rising to the modern consoles. Like, hopefully, at least we're getting that. Yeah, that'd be also good. Yeah, literally any news would be good. Which is not a thing I can say broadly about news this week. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're getting uh. into it. Let me change the fucking thing because we're going to be here for a while. Let me just type this in. 10,000 lives have been ruined <laughs> by Microsoft. There we go. We're good. We're, that covers it, right? Microsoft laid off 10,000 people. When this was announced originally, I assumed... That this was going to be like when Ubisoft says 10 trillion people play Rogue, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, and that they may or may not exist, and they may or may not be at Xbox, basically is what I'm getting at here. Uh, Had no idea. Had no idea that it was going to be like, oh, they're not only at Xbox, they're at 343, and they're at The Coalition, and they're at fucking Bethesda, and that made me lose my goddamn mind, because I did not expect that tier of shutdown of things owned by Xbox. So let's let's get into it. Apparently, 343 was hit really hard. We have rumors from a, a French uh, Halo podcast mm-hmm. specifically about what happened there and how deep that goes. So we'll move on for now. Uh... Bethesda Game Studios, seemingly the people working on Starfield, were hit incredibly hard. The we, Coalition was got its teeth knocked out, which is... We, he, we don't know how many from the Coalition. Like, I never saw anything directly, but we don't... This is the exact point where this yeah. should be the opposite of the direction they're moving in, because they're supposed to have another game coming. Yeah. They're supposed to. And the yet co- we have no like, evidence of it. The, the Coalition... <sighs> Oh, I, I hate to bring up Phil Spencer as we talk about this, but it was just back in December that Phil Spencer said, Sony wants to grow by making Xbox smaller. And then now a month later, they're gutting all these studios. Uh-huh. I mean, it's literally yeah. impossible to be like, these people who are directly under Phil were fired. Let's not bring up Phil. He is definitely involved in some level of this decision. If not this one here right now, the decisions that led to it, he has been running Xbox for 10 years. Right. He absolutely signed these pink slips. 
I mean, yeah, he would have to. Also, 11. No, no, we're at 10, just barely over 10. Okay. Uh, Joseph Staten, the, uh, or Joe Staten, the person who came back to fix, to write the ship that was Halo Infinite uh, a little under a year before it shipped, has apparently left 343 and has returned to Xbox Publishing. These are the news bits. Now we get into the 343 specific rumors. 343 lost around one-third of its workforce, including that is combined internal workers and contractors. Um, 2023 is going to be unchanged, uh, seemingly, but there's going to be less focus on... Uh, the campaign's just dead in the water. <laughs> yeah, it was specifically like, the, the, there, is, there is not going to be like future DLC campaigns for Halo Infinite single-player. That isn't happening. They're all gone. They're all before. Canceled. Before Bonnie Ross quit, Joseph Staten take, uh, took a small team and was preparing to ship multiple contained DLC things for the campaign mm -hmm. over months or even years. Um, this plan was stopped when Peter uh, Pierre Hintz and the new key roles came in after Ross says they've seen too much complexity in creating new contents for the campaign plus was not profitable enough for them to sustain it. Game so, they pass. so they decided to completely <laughs> halt them in favor of focusing only on the multiplayer for the time being. Gonna read the rest of these as fast as I can without cursing. Halo Infinite largely missed its financial and overall goals and led to Microsoft's decision to halt 343 active development, transforming <laughs> or regressing them into franchise coordinators. They're now just a branding company. They don't make video games, they handle the brand, which is probably what they should have been the whole time because I wouldn't say any of the games they shipped went well. Yeah, I mean, they're so good at doing that. I mean, look how at faithful the Halo TV show. Oh, no. Okay, go on. They're effective at doing that. They got show made. <laughs> After how many years? Don't worry Six? about it. Uh, they announced the Halo show initiative or movie initiative at the beginning of the Xbox One. This was oh, an evolution yeah, of that. brutal. So it has been TV, TV, sports, nine years to make. Um... Slip Space Engine is still in place along with its internal engineers, but it will be opened up to learn and use with all external studios working with the IP. This is the opposite of the news we got before of they're changing to Unreal Engine so they can make a fucking game. <laughs> well, well, well somebody, somebody's like, well, we're losing a bunch of money. The most important thing is to not have to pay Epic, not make anything anybody would want to buy. Right. right. That math checks out. In this sense, uh, 343, together with Microsoft Game Publishing, started contacting and contracting with external studios to create future Halo experiences together since 2020, also with the aim to reduce, optimize costs slash, slash budget. I never, ever, ever want to hear anybody tell me Game Pass is not having a negative effect on this shit ever again everything dan just read is boiled down into these games we don't sell games anymore they cost too much to make it has to get cheaper that is everything dan just read you know what i actually think there's one problem that's bigger than that for this which is insane because you know i agree with you you know i agree with you on that but i think the even larger problem is the fact these motherfuckers refuse to hire employees they they insist we need contractors okay well you're using a proprietary engine <laughs> they don't know how to use it. You just lost four months on ramping a person to learn your engine, which you then got rid of. 
like you, you, we had so many things come out from former Halo developers who were just seething fucking pissed at how the contractors were treated. Like they literally had multiple people who were in 343 mm -hmm. who were talking about, yeah, contractors would try to float and elevate an issue and, and try to get it solved, which would have been the best for the project. And instead, they were literally told your opinion does not matter. Shut the fuck up and do your job. Like they were literally told shit like that. It is fucking infuriating. It's insane. It is such. And it, there are so many tiers of issues, and we're starting to see more and more former Halo developers come out and specifically talk about this. It is. It is. It. Yeah, I'm just gonna read one of them. Uh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. The Coalition also got cuts. They shipped a game in 2019. It was one of the first big Game Pass games. It didn't sell anything. Obviously, again, this is all coming from, well, you, you shipped a game and it didn't sell because we made the thing where it'll never sell. So now we're going to cut you. Yeah. So, see former Halo employees, uh, Halo developers saying, as a Halo fan, because they're no longer there, they've been at a uh, respawn for a bit. As a Halo fan, I'm really tired of Microsoft business and practices pol in policy slowly killing the thing I love. Between the contracting policies they abuse for tax incentives and layoffs in the face of gigantic profits and executive bonuses, they set up Halo for failure. And the follow-up tweet was, I really don't care if I should be saying this or not anymore. Uh, there was also higher-ups on... Halo at the time talking talking about similar similar issues like absolutely insane stuff. Uh, Christ, uh, what else was there? Let me get this specific quote. Uh, we got a dev who, you know, was there up until the end on Reset Era, just talking about it, saying it's really rich for Microsoft to go on this mental health campaign and for Phil Spencer to retweet videos from studio heads and support for donations and standing together. When these kinds of actions lead directly to mental health deterioration, I had to talk to a crying coworker who is much older than I, not knowing what to do about his three kids since he's out of a job on Friday. Somewhere lines of cones and dollar signs became much more important than the people. Yeah, it's when the company was found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so absolutely fucking insane and infuriating as I sit here and I'm like, Microsoft owns great. No notorious franchises that people care about and they do nothing but consistently grind it down into a fucking dust uh here's another quote this one's from patrick wren uh formerly for, former senior multiplayer designer at halo the layoffs at 343 shouldn't have happened and Halo Infinite should be in a better state. The reason for both of those things is a competent leadership up top during Halo Infinite development causing massive stress on those working hard to make Halo the best it can be. The people I worked with every day were passionate about Halo and wanted to make something great for the fans. They helped push for a better Halo and got laid off for it. Still, Devs still there are working hard on that dream. Look at Forge. Be kind to them during this awful time. This absolutely sucks and i could not be more pissed and the fucking cherry on top is this fucking tweet from Ryan mccaffrey <laughs> that is the fucking cherry on top that this motherfucker upon hearing ten thousand people in a third of 343 is losing their job he goes what if id software made a halo game 
and FPS specifically. They have the talent, the tech, and the focus. And then he goes, I'm not suggesting the closure or demise of 343 industry to be sure. I just think it would be interesting to see a take on Halo. Maybe he's side game. What the hell is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? How broken are you as a person, whether functionally or otherwise, emotionally, that this is how you respond to this? Like, Jesus Christ. Do you have your finger on the pulse of anything? Do you not... Can you not see how this has been going over there? How What has happened to this fucking franchise? To all of their franchises? It is so upsetting to me. Because I think there's so much strength in what they have over there. And they have done nothing to build up. I think this really, like, is representative of every studio they own and how they just can't manage studios at all like it leads to them spinning out and making bad games for years and not knowing why and eventually just firing everyone like this it's really frustrating to see and i feel like two for three is one of the first ones they put together and it's inevitable this is going to happen to the rest yeah i just it's really frustrating it is so upsetting it is so upsetting that some fucking loser bitch in fourth place is going to piss and moan about being in fourth place while ruining everything they have. Mm-hmm. The fact it's like even apparently happening to Starfield is nuts. Yeah. Like yeah. what? You just bought them. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that. I... <laughs> what's what's going on over there? What's up with that? I would like to know more details on that, too. I would. It love, seems insane. I would love to know details. Because they keep, they kept talking about, no, the says is its own separate thing. We let them do what they want. Right. Which is why it's like, then why is the firing of those employees announced on the same day as all of the rest of this? Yeah, no shortage of feedback. Uh, <laughs> it, there is no silver lining to this. No. The only thing I can think of is maybe Starfield's done. Because that always happens when a project wraps. They always lay people off. That was that was the at least that was the argument that got trotted out all the time for why games should have a like DLC immediately. So maybe it's like they have to ship Starfield. They have to. Like their their entire fucking thing is built on on this house of cards that is called Starfield. Starfield's the bottom of their house of cards. Right. If that game slips into we don't know when it's coming out it seems fucked territory even the most delusional xbox fanboys are going to start to lose faith i don't know if this is going to be a point for the industry to start waking up to see and i mean the journalist industry uh start waking up and see the horrible job microsoft has done over the last really like it's not just the phil spencer reign it's a few years before that mm -hmm. you know it's the tail end of the 360 um but even still that that transition period still had games and funding for games you know we still got yeah, project was, spark and a bunch of other things it it was a couple years into like once they realized they weren't going to compete they they like they would would not it would not be seventh gen again they wouldn't be basically equal in terms of sales to sony Mm -hmm. as soon as that happened in eighth gen they just stopped it's like it went off like light switch they stopped trying to get exclusives they stopped really developing their own it and every game like, and development just fell apart like fucking yeah, scale fell bound. apart yeah which is weird did you see that we have rumors of scale bound back in development yes. yeah i'm sure that yeah sure 
don't I, we don't we get don't we get some variant of that rumor like once a year i feel like I feel we like get it's a, popped up a we just get times. a statement from it, platinum saying over and over we would love to make it. it yeah i feel like that we didn't see hear about it like no rumors like this for years but over the last two years or so we've been seeing stuff and uh and platinum did release a statement being like hey microsoft please yeah. sure maybe that game was somewhere close to being done it all in microsoft looking for anything they can ship right maybe that's the I'll only, only thing to think i won't buy it because it'll be on game pass but i'll take it <laughs> uh yeah i think that it, maybe the game journalists are waking up a little bit because a lot of them like what it took is this ten thousand employee leading laid off thing is to the day a year after the announcement of the activision blizzard acquisition Oh yeah, and yeah. that was enough to like to make them connect some dots and uh -huh. realize things are weird and bad. Yeah, it's, it's almost like people who cover game as a journalist, game journalists you might call them, video game journalists, uh, maybe haven't paid attention to how business goes in other industries in the least. Mm -hmm. So they don't understand that an acquisition doesn't mean we get to put our name on your building. Right. And then everything's fine. Yeah. In fact, we magically make all the sex pests go away and all this other shit. Um, yeah. Sorry if I got a little emotional there. It's just deeply upsetting. Um, it is deeply upsetting. Like, to know that as the fans, they're ruining what they made, like, what that is to us, right? What these games are to us with their terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're watching an executive suite through malice or incompetence spiral. I mean, like the, these terrible decisions, they're not just affecting their company and all of the companies their company bought because they're evil monsters. Them fucking up this bad lowers the quality of uh, other companies who maybe don't have to try as hard because their only competition is this box of rats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that part of it alone is upsetting enough. And it's like, and on top of this, I'm now having to confront that all of these people's lives working on all these games were being ruined by executive decision nonstop. The whole like six years or whatever they were working on Halo Infinite. Mm -hmm. Like it, people, people forget how long they spent making Halo Infinite, revising the slip space engine and all this other stuff. And it's like, and it didn't work out at all. It was all literally for nothing. Yep. Which is why when Bob gave it at the last second, it's like, they hit the coalition too. I'm like, I'm going to stick my hand in a blender. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so bad. Like the only part we didn't hear anything about today is Forza. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to have to entertain that studio's fine. Both of them. <laughs> Yeah, Surely. both of them. Well, I just meant the main fourth. So I'm sure Horizon people are probably okay because <sighs> they ship on a cadence, a regular schedule. Yeah, but they're also working on Fable now, so that's scary. Well, that part of them's fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not even news. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. I wish that people who covered video games for a living would not sit there and take things executives say at complete fact. Right. Because that has been happening. And like, obviously I have no major problem with this, but it was a very funny moment with this specific thing. It was a very funny moment when on a recent DF Direct, uh, 
Alex Battaglia was like, well, yeah, they'll have to figure out how to ship the new Call of Duties on Switch somehow. Because he just instantly <laughs> took them at their words. And then, and then John and Richard are like, I mean, they'll probably, they'll probably ship some other thing like a mobile game on that. If they do do that, it's more of a statement of intent. It, it's terrible. All of this sucks so bad. It's the worst part of this news cycle, Crank to 11. Where it's just like, man... Maybe you wouldn't have had to cut people if you sold money games for money. Maybe I, you wouldn't have to cut people if you made smart decisions from executives who've worked in the creative field. Because you know what you never get at any of the Sony studios? Which I, I'm being specific to Sony, not because of favoritism, but because, well, also Nintendo. You never get that person who's like, I came here from the office software. I've never made a video yeah, game. I'm a you manager sure from Reebok. Right. <laughs> the, 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 close, the closest you... Well, well, I mean, that was Reggie. That you know, was Reggie. Was like, That's true. And, and maybe he led a, an era of Nintendo I don't fucking care for so much. Um, <laughs> but but you, you, the closest you got was Naughty Dogs being like, nobody in the gaming industry wants to work for us anymore. We have to get people from VFX Studios. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also fucked. Completely yeah. and utterly. Like, you have such a notorious reputation for crunch and the state of your studio and how bad you made their lives that no one will work for you. You know Ubisoft hires people, right? Ubisoft doesn't have this problem. Think about that. Yeah, they, they maybe hire too many people and now have a completely different problem. <laughs> uh, multiple because of the strike from the Paris team, uh, apparently. Oh, yeah, I didn't put that in news. This, uh, uh, everybody <laughs> at Ubisoft Paris, is, uh, which is their headquarters, is going on strike, which probably includes the strike team <laughs> that they had announced was going to be trying to save Skull and Bones. <laughs> which is very funny. You know, I heard it was Paris. They didn't connect that that would be their headquarters. It was like, oh, yeah, it's France, of course. I, you know, I, all this time, all the years doing this podcast, I wanted to be wrong. Hmm. Like every time I was like, where, where are these games that Microsoft showed off at the Xbox, you know, Xbox series reveal? Where are they? I, 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 I really wanted to be like, I would be even, I wanted to even be wrong to the extent of like, here's, here's something that's obviously just a seven. We got a couple of those. I didn't want to be so right. It's like, no, they're just falling apart. They probably won't. Like, this is almost certainly the last Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Dan were talking the other day. And I was, that somehow it came up of like, yeah, I assume they just leave the industry in the next few years. It's, it's, this is a pretty bad situation and no situations unsalvageable, I feel like. But is Microsoft the people to do it? I don't know. Not um, currently. But uh, you you'd need a lot of money, which luckily they have. You might have you'd to need. You might have to replace some management who's been over Xbox yeah. the entire time. It's been yeah, falling we, apart. Right. We, yeah. We yeah, swept I, out I Phil Spencer. Even, this could be turned around. I, I don't even know if Phil Spencer is the only problem, because as we talked about during Gears Month, Gears and Halo go in such the similar directions after the, the core developers leave, after the original developers leave, that mm -hmm. it has to be someone in management pushing them in these same directions 
I mean, it's kind of like the Activision Blizzard thing where like people who are really high up who have no business doing creative decisions have an influence on that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it works because corporations are like this. It works like politics. You know, Phil Spencer has a team. If Phil Spencer gets replaced, his team will to some extent be replaced. Um, yeah, and, the, and, and they, they need to not, they need to and this can't happen. So it, they're, it's over. They're doomed. It's like mm-hmm. they need to hire people, not contract right. them. They need yeah. to hire people and say, you, you team of cons, consistent employees who work for us and get our benefits are now making X game with a competent manager. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's not hard when you have infinite money. I mean, fuck the, the, the fucking tweet came out where it was just like the amount of money they want to spend to acquire Activision Blizzard could pay all 10,000 of the people who were just fired based on the median pay at Microsoft of $163,000 a year mm-hmm. for the next 41 years. Yeah. Easy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, hey, that would be going into the, 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 the bank accounts of the people who make the thing that makes you money, which is a lot more sane than we acquired a company who we, like, our only winning play is to cut off the supply to other people's platforms. It's not like Call of Duty will suddenly make a shitload of money for Microsoft. We've been over this over and over again on this podcast of you project how much money Activision Blizzard makes (laughs) out and it takes an insane amount of years to make this amount of money make sense. it's, It's infuriating. It's upsetting. It doesn't make any sense. Truly, I hate every company in the game industry who's Silicon Valley based. You're at Google's. <laughs> yeah. With your now shut down platform that last uh, three years since the announcement. I see a lot of people who like Phil Spencer because he's an affable guy and he is an affable guy. And I feel like he's not as disearnest as a lot of executives are. But at the end of the day, that man has a job and he does not seem to be doing it well. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I will still be like, he should be replaced. This is not going well. Something needs to change. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's going to be able to convince them to start hiring people. They're right, they're Silicon Valley based. Right. No, it's, the future is no one's employed. You, you know how the future was streaming uh-huh. for, for content and stuff, <laughs> and that's working out great? Well, the new feature is contracting everyone. It'll definitely be sustainable. It'll yeah. be good. Very excited for uh, Walmart to no longer have employees and have contractors. That's insane. Could you imagine they went all in on that? Because Silicon Valley companies, they mostly run apps. Mm -hmm. Mostly. Fucking an actual institution like Walmart doing it would be just stroke inducing. It's like, uh... Somebody didn't show up today because they're not your employee. (laughs) (laughs) And then they never showed up again. Great. Anyway, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Did anyone else have anything else they wanted to say about this fucking horrible situation where they fired 10,000 people? I assumed so many of them were in random other divisions. But then we hear studio I, after studio getting in. I mean, it was also yeah, in I, other divisions across Microsoft, like of course. Edge and uh, I think the, the com- or mix AR stuff. I mean, that makes sense. They never, right. They never made money at either of those. <laughs> Just. It never should have gotten this bad. No. 
I, I, it, like, even that, even that developer conference they're doing next week, one, what, they couldn't wait until, they couldn't, I, I get that Xbox is a tiny, unprofitable, irrelevant division of Microsoft at this point, but they couldn't even wait until after that to yeah, announce this. That sure puts a dark cloud over that entire stream. Yeah. It's like you have to sit there watching it, wondering if any of the people in the videos are still working at the companies. Oh god! Yeah, imagine. Yeah, because it's not. It's not just. A, it's not just like a, like a press show for the for for people. It has the developers in it. Yeah, it's supposed hope to be them talking to us. Hope they aren't recording those right now. Yeah, another layer. Hope of this. They don't expect these people who are now insecure in their job to be fucking doing promotion for them. I think when I tried to look back at what the tenure of Phil Spencer was and like what's the best things he's contributed, mm -hmm. the answers were, I think, I think the Xbox One X is cool. I think the back compat initiative is incredible. I think that's it, though. Those are the most amazing things, I think, that Xbox has done in the last 11 years. It's funny because even with the One X, it's like, you have better specs than the PS4 Pro, but every game runs better on that. Because they have the mandate of 4K or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like they get they get a little kickback if they're, Wait, they have the 4K they, they, tag. Microsoft is the dumbest. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, but I think the backing pad stuff is really cool. It's unfortunate that they say they're stopping that now. Yeah. Um, I think the Series X is good hardware. I don't like the fact this many years later we're still activating online when you first set up a console. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I can't really see anything over the last 11 years, which is insane. Because Nintendo and Sony have done amazing stuff over the last 11 years in a number of different ways. I mean, even just deviating slightly, Sony has successfully launched one VR headset and is heading into another. Mm -hmm. they have their main stuff they do they have the hardware they have everything else but they've done that and that adds more to the game industry at large than microsoft is doing remember yeah, when microsoft gaslit a bunch of journalists into thinking they were going to do vr even though their box couldn't possibly power that and then they said <sighs> oculus would team up with them maybe and then and then they just stopped talking about it and every game journalist forgot yeah no i still remember various customers it, being convinced Dan? that they would get that yeah what the fuck is HoloLens? A HoloLens is the uh, mixed AR thing. There's a Conquer game on it. <laughs> I remember, I, I'm just like, I just remember <laughs> HoloLens is a thing. And I'm like, I've never, I don't know what it is. So nobody must have ever used it in human history. They brought it to E3 to give you the idea that this was their VR thing. Because, you know, there's a lot of ambiguity between where Microsoft ends and Xbox begins. Mm -hmm. um, so they brought it to E3 around when Sony was working on their VR headset, a little bit after it launched even. And they're like, hey, check this out. Minecraft in mixed AR with HoloLens. Yes, hey, I check remember this out. that. Conquer. Because they had a Conquer game they made for it, and Conquer looks horrifying in that game. It, I'm now going to pull up an image. Isn't the... <laughs> Didn't they actually launch those for consumers at like three thousand dollars? It's something? about two thousand, I think, but okay. it could be higher. 
It could be like Good Apple. Lord. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fucking it's, expensive. It's not made for consumers. Oh, guess what almost entirely just got cut? What? The HoloLens team. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. It never worked out. Oh, my God. I remembered it looking bad. <laughs> I did not remember it looking this bad. Viewers, if you show up tomorrow and we're streaming, and this isn't the viewer icon, know that I chose peace over <laughs> wrath. This is single-handedly one of the worst oh, images no! I've ever shown it on is. our channel. <laughs> there he is. And before anyone thinks this is a weird picture... The, that I've just hand picked. This is the this is the Microsoft Store page for Young Conquer. That is the representative image of Young Conquer. That I'm I'm pretty sure that's um how Conquer originally looked in Project Spark, and then they changed him to to, to normal like, Conquer. To normal Conquer. Yeah, if you want to if you want to see how he looks in game, which might be worse or better depending on which side of this war you're on. Here's how he looks in-game. One moment. There we go. Here's how he looks in-game. Is oh, it better or no, worse? What? See, he dances on your desk and he freaks out while you do a cool little platformer. <laughs> Guys, we... A new stream call? <laughs> no. We need to get a HoloLens, you guys. Why is he got a bodysuit? It's no. like he's in some sort of perfect dark seeking suit. Dan, Dan, I tolerate a lot of your nonsense. <laughs> I will I will drive down there and physically stop you from spending three thousand dollars on a HoloLens. Yeah, no, I couldn't do that. That's, that's fucking absurd. Yeah. I feel like dog shit spending the five hundred and fifty on the um on the PSVR 2, and that's a live platform that lives and gets games. Unlike HoloLens, which literally the only thing I could think to do. Yes, good job, Dan. You spelled it right. Hololones. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of the, the weekend is when I go to my local Mexican restaurant and order their Hololones. Okay, anyways. The only thing I could think to do. Hey, it's only like 500 bucks used. There you go. Great. That's exactly as much. Which one would you guys rather have? The PSVR 2 or HoloLens? Uh, yeah, that's not surprising at all. That's not surprising at all that that division got the shit beaten out of them. So many different divisions of Microsoft don't make money. Yeah. Because the few that do make enough that there's enough to go around, you know? Right. It seems like they don't even have the goal of ever making money. I mean, Xbox didn't. Yeah. And yet, for some reason, everyone was like, no, this is actually really smart business sense. And I'm like, no, actually, it isn't. And we've known this for years, thanks to Netflix. <laughs> but it's what yeah. all the businesses are doing. So. Yeah, I, uh, isn't, I guess, isn't it weird how every Silicon Valley company like seven or eight years ago just decided they never wanted to make money ever again? Yeah. Yeah, it was really weird. I asked my brother and, and how that it was felt living widely. Their genius is actually for not wanting to make money. Yeah, they're they're brilliant. It makes sense long term. I asked my brother how it felt to live his adult years in this transition period in the per, the eternal morass of 
culture is largely directed by Silicon Valley companies that are doing things business-wise that never, ever economically make any sense. So we've just propagated and propped up this lie of eventually, financially, this will make sense. Anyways, I'm a YouTuber for a living. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's fucking bullshit. I, still, I live stream on Twitch and do podcasts for a living. That's completely different. Those make money. <laughs> for anyone involved. Anyways. What a, what a bizarre time we live through. May you live through an interesting time. Thanks. Anyways, this sucks. It, it's all absolutely terrible. But... I'm done talking about it. I'm done talking about it. Do you have anything you want to say about? No, I'm done. I think that thing you said of like, will Xbox just shut down in three to four years? It's like, which one's more like legitimately, which one's more likely they fix the leadership and replace it or they give up. Yeah. Cause it, it really, it comes down to when they come up for making a new box, do I, they even do it? Right. I feel like it just yeah. won't make sense to do it. They, they, they they would have to be restructuring now. Mm -hmm. Right fucking now. And I think it's also very possible for Xbox as a whole to shut down. And then years later, they realize like people get into the company, the company changes enough where it can be revived and be a, a huge thing again. Mm. Like, I, mean, I think that depending on how the whole industry looks at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, things change. I mean, I, I hard called it two years ago that Microsoft is getting out of games. They had already decided to stop making games two years ago. We're just watching them slowly trickle out the back door. Yeah, it's been really weird. It's been really weird, the shit I've had to tolerate over the last two years. Because it really has been the last two, where it was painstakingly obvious they had no games. Mm -hmm. Like, painstakingly obvious. It's so weird. Um... And now we're having all these troubles because of Game Pass and them not wanting to hire people. Right. So we've got a lineup problem. We've got a company culture problem. And it's just compounding to make this worse than... Yeah. No, Dan, the real problem is the FTC won't let them buy the industry. <laughs> That's obviously the only problem happening right now. Anyways, I've moved the doomsday clock one minute closer to midnight where Phil Spencer calls the FTC woke like Chris predicted. Yeah, I, I'm really not. I, oh, man. Phil Spencer reveals his final strategy to make Xbox the platform where you can say it. <laughs> wow. Game Pass has all sorts of passes included. <laughs> The fucking value's off the charts. I can't afford to not buy it. <laughs> like, like, no, seriously, I can't afford to not buy it. I say it a lot. <laughs> like, oh, damn, dude. I knew you were on Xbox Live, but holy shit. <laughs> Are you making up that value in bulk? <laughs> <laughs> Just, they, do, they do what's supposed to be one of those heartwarming, like, this is our community videos. And it's a dude in a chair, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm using that pass all the time. I get a lot of value. Let me tell you. I don't know how to get through a weekend without using the pass. <sighs> <laughs> Anyways, I think we're done. I'm going to say we're done. Yeah, that was all the news, right? Yeah, that was all the news. We even got the uh, Paris strike. We got it all. Right. <sighs> um. Hey. 
Um, we only have two games remaining for 7th Gen Wonderland. Stranglehold, mm -hmm. which is right over there. And El Shaddai, which is trapped in his PC. Oh, no. I want to do Stranglehold. You, Bob? I'm cool with Stranglehold. I'm in a John Woo mood. How about you? Of course, always. There's a really good moment during the folklore stream where I can't remember exactly what I said or how we ended up there. Someone thought that I thought John Woo was the main character of Hard Boiled. <laughs> like, Damn, that's not John Woo. That's Chow Yun Fat. And I'm like, I'm talking about the movie. The movie is a John Woo movie <laughs> versus a Jackie Chan movie, which Jackie Chan movies have very distinct Jackie Chan vibes, right? Right. And sometimes he is the director of those. Right. And like, let's let's be real. A lot of those Jackie Chan movies are, are square-shaped. <laughs> yeah. Dragons Forever almost comes off as a satire of a Jackie Chan movie for bits. It's oh. very funny. We, we actually have one last bit of horrible news. No, not horrible. Uh, fandom, fandom who, who now owns GameSpot and Giant Bomb is apparently gutting both of them. Wow, what they a surprise. They laid off a shitload of people from Giant Bomb just like this week, just just in the past forty eight hours. Yeah. Oh. Also, also losses hit. Also layoffs hit. Metacritic and TV Guide, but those aren't gaming. Yeah. I guess Metacritic kind of is. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck everyone in the tech industry. <laughs> yes, fuck them all, kill them. <laughs> it's, it's so fandom, upsetting. Fandom is bad. If you work, if you're a game journalist right now, like Patrick, like fucking Klepek did that article a couple months ago, where he's like, when you find all these guides for m current games on places like Polygon and GameSpot and IGN, it's like those are how the lights are staying on now because mm -hmm. people don't go to those sites for commentary. Fandom owns GameFAQs. They're gonna own all of that shit because their entire company isn't based on offering content it's based on stealing other people's content and then using seo manipulation to get it to the top of google searches yep so if if you're if you're a game journalist right now you should be fucking terrified because your industry might not exist in four years not not in the current form it is right now yeah, it's already, you know, they were being beaten pretty hard by streamers and other individual content creators like that. Jesus this Christ. This is only that last nail. They fired Jason A. Stryker. <laughs> they fired him, too. Jesus. That's fucked up. It, He's like the only Giant Bomb alumni that was left. It, Dan Riker still is our... Dan Riker is not traditional Giant Bomb. I I'm know. sorry, you, you I fucking know. Zoomer. <laughs> That's fucking terrible. God, like damn. it's we're we're gonna get to the point where the old like game journalists, quote unquote, are gonna be like Gerstman doing his own thing funded by Patreon, or like or YouTubers who are who who have a really strong air of of professionalism, like uh, Yong Yi. Yong Ye, I don't actually know. How I have that. no idea. I don't watch their content. Uh, Neither do I. But that, but they're like the model that I think will <sighs> slide into the role of being a game journalist. Yeah, something funny definitely is in that zone of where they used to be game journalists and went off and did their thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's also, uh, you know, 
the guy who who does um the video game documentaries on youtube who used to work at GameSpot and was friends with giant bomb uh, dan dan isn't it dan god damn irishman yeah that, that guy <laughs> i'm blanking he's no clip yeah no clip there you go whatever just say that no clip obviously cut out its own niche and they're good danny o'dwyer there, there we, we go. go thank you thank you john no not that dan <laughs> Dan's far less handsome and likable with his shitty Floridian accent. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm done. I'm out. I'm free. You can't make me talk about the miserable world anymore. Tomorrow we will be shooting dudes in fucking stranglehold. It will be good. You, you, it will you better, be better, you better than dealing with the news. <laughs> you better go for the test to kill achievement. Yeah. <laughs> I've been sitting here for five minutes. Like, could you shoot people in the balls in that game? I feel like that was a thing, but I don't remember it specifically. And I don't want to ask in case I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I always only think of Sniper Elite franchise for that. Because they do the x-ray of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I guess. Okay, well, show up for tomorrow's stream if you want to see a, uh, a nut shot. Um, hey, hey, Chris, what are you doing in the next week? Uh, I'm going to finish Banjo-Tooie. And then I'm going to drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the fucking flow chart. I talked about the industry falling apart on Thursday. Three badge of Kazooie. Now I'm out of liquor. <laughs> and I am obviously too drunk to drive. Officer, why did you stop me? You ran over a child. <laughs> Only a little. <laughs> What are you doing in the next week? I don't know, man. The future is an unknowable carnival of swirling phantasms as we all become slowly older <laughs> and less happy. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, now I feel like I'm the positive one. <laughs> I mean, you get to play Stranglehold. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty great. Plus, uh, we are, after this, recording uh, part four of the game of the year. It's going to be a fucking banger just like part three was. Please go watch part three if you haven't. That is a delightful fucking episode. Um, I'll have you know I didn't do a listen pass on it before it went live. So as I'm driving down the road and listening to this podcast, it just stops in the middle of Chris saying something. And I'm like, that's the internet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just at that moment of, oh, no, what if something horrible happened? Right. Because it's like two and a half hours. It's hard to listen through all of that in a row. God, I'm pretty sure that thing's like uh, 240, 250. Something like that. It was was a nightmare to edit it. Yeah. Absolutely. Bob deserves an award. The first two were fine, and that one was not. (laughs) Bob's like, this is not okay. (laughs) Just so we're clear. I'm like, you're correct. That is how I felt last year when most of the parts were about as long as this one. Mm Mm-hmm disgusting uh but yeah go to part four is going to be another long one don't think about that bob and it's going to be really good so keep an eye out for that uh hang out at our stream hang out at uh chris's stream for pancho doing i was so upset that i missed that i'm so upset that i missed part two and i'm like did you beat it she's like no <laughs> no i didn't beat it the game's 18 hours long inexplicably yeah get ready to transform to then transform again and then and get a then, jiggy and then walk for a while to then not have enough time and have to do it all over <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
anyways, that's going to be it for this week. A big thing to mention. See you all later in far more positive spaces than the fucking news we had to deal with. Cut it out, Microsoft. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Big Think Dimension. Big Think Dimension is only possible because of your support over at patreon.com slash gbpodcast, where you help me buy a cheap McDouble on the way here to eat so I can <laughs> eat a food and talk into a microphone. Thank you very, very much. <laughs>